from the dead, it's Pull Request, live from the heart of Brooklyn. Pull Request is an hour-long podcast about everything in and relating to technology with three techno experts, Eric Newman, hi, Chris Krabowski, hello, and Tyler Dinner, hey there. This week's episode, Job Hunt 2.0. Hello, everybody. Welcome to yet another Polar Quest. My name is Eric Newman, and to the right of me, or across from me, however you want to say it, it's my compatriot of code, my sucker from another mother, Chris Grabowski. Hi! Hi! How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I, I missed you these last two weeks. I missed you too. I, uh, it's been nice. I like your hat. Thank you. Where'd you get that hat? Uh, Arizona Iced Tea Pop-Up Store. The so, Arizona uh, Iced Tea has a pop-up store. Yeah. More than just iced tea, you can get a hat that looks like it came on one of their cans. Yeah. Well, I don't mean came like came, but I mean like it comes on one of their cans. Oh, that doesn't help. You could also get a natural tattoo there. That's... Yeah. Oh, oh, you, did they do that there? Yeah. That's a little surprising. Yeah. Well, I have to say, of course, we can't forget the uh, the drummer of the show, that's right, Mr. Uh, Tyler Dinner! Hey there! How you doing? I'm great. Loving the intro. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. There's, uh, I miss you too, buddy. Really, I can't look over to see you. Maybe if I did this, I, I, yeah, but, oh, hey. Uh, hey, yeah, we have to. We figured out that we can we can record in the same room as long as we don't face each other with the microphones. That eliminates a lot of the room noise. <laughs> so now we just got to get into the move. With, with, ooh, ah, Record ah, producers, ah, ooh, take note. Ooh, ah, ah, <laughs> this band's not splitting up. We figured ah, out the secret. Yeah. Anyway. We gotta get into the groove, yeah. So I could listen to him all day. I like Bernie Purdy. <laughs> Bernie Purdy. That's uh, that's like if Bernie Sanders went into uh, a barber shop. <laughs> Eric's new character, Bernard Purdy. Yeah, I, I, uh, Bernie I, I, you know, they gave me I, they gave me a discount, and I uh, then they, they, they gave me a pardon too, and that didn't turn out too well. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, so it was a lot. There's a lot of stuff that's been going on uh, the last couple of weeks. Uh, we took two weeks ago. We took off because. A lot of stuff. We just couldn't get it together. It's hard doing the show when we have jobs and lives and girlfriends. And we know you do, too. But, you know, it just gets it, it gets to you. And also doing the show, it's like being in a band. You have, the, you have the personal struggles. You have the professional struggles. You have the emotional struggles. And we're trying to create something. And it's all very, it's all of that. Moving to good things. We started coming to Eric's house every show. But then yeah. we got to battle the weather. And we all winter long, we're here for you guys. We needed a vacation, all right? Exactly. We but, had PTO. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we took two weeks off, and a lot of stuff has happened. Like, we've re-engineered the whole rig of recording the show, and now we have taken yet another step towards possibly pro audio. That's right. We are rec- we've ditched our mixer. If, we, if you remember last show, we talked about how uh, the we, we had tried recording with a new mixer, and it didn't work out because it didn't record with the mix. It did record everybody on separate tracks, but it didn't record the mix, so it was useless for us. And then this week... Uh, I had to step it up a little bit, and I bought a recording interface with a control surface, it's called. So we no longer have a mixer, but we have what looks like a mixer, and then that connects over MIDI to uh, Logic, which then also connects to the um, recording interface, and it records everything to an automation track, which is great, because then we can edit the volume on the show. Like last show, we noticed that my voice was much lower than you two, because I don't want to overpower you like I do in real life. And... um, <laughs> right, so I had to, you know, so I, it was it was really, the problem, I always love doing live to tape, but uh, the travesty is that when you do live to tape and you do like a, a two hour show and you realize it doesn't sound very good because one slider was a little bit lower than it should have been for those two hours and if you just bumped it up it would actually have been a decent show. So, 
in order to allow us to do that, there was nothing in the middle between this uh, $900 rig. I guess it's two pieces, so you can call it a rig. And, and, and for uh, the audio files, tell them what you bought. I can't remember. <laughs> it's like the cloud. It's a, it's a Focusrite. Uh, it's a Focusrite 8.8. It's an eight-channel in. It had that. It records on eight USB tracks or eight tracks over USB, so everyone's recorded separately. And then we have this uh, Behringer control surface, which works over USB. And uh, it's cool because while it's only eight channels, if you needed eight more, you can just daisy chain these things together. So. It's like the cloud, but in a box. Exactly. <laughs> That's like, no. <laughs> yeah. That's Inception because uh, the cloud is a box. <laughs> there is no cloud. Eric got the signature edition. There is no cloud. There is Eric no cloud. Wins. It's just someone else's computer. Eric got the signature edition. Yes, that's right. And uh, <laughs> I have to I have to say, though, the other thing. So we, we had that two weeks ago, and two weeks ago we did upgrade the recording equipment without doing a show, unfortunately. It did allow us to set everything up. But last week, I was in a very cool place. A place called Portland, Oregon. A place I refuse to pronounce correctly, because, of course, that's not how they say Oregon there. But yet, they do sell legal weed. So, you know. It's like the, it's like, uh, the Age of Aquarius, but I can't use the real song because it's licensed. So I'm using this karaoke version instead. And, and where do they pronounce? I'm not going to do that part. Anyway, how do they pronounce the state's name that way? On the East Coast. Oregon. You don't even have an accent, despite the fact that you're from Long Island. It's Oregon. It's Oregon, like the Oregon Trail. No. Oregon. You say it like Polygon. Yes. Oregon. No. It's not Oregon. It's Oregon. I'll give you Oregon. Oregon. Or Oregon. It was the only two ways Oregon. I'm saying it. I, and you know what? Frankly, I don't care. But I had a beautiful time in that beautiful state. <laughs> I went to both Brooklyn and Astoria. <laughs> and, uh, oh, you know what? Before I forget, how stupid of me. I forgot because our stage manager isn't here. He had to leave early. I forgot he our wonderful I mean, come on. studio audience. Yes. That's right. We've missed you guys sitting in your Tupperware container during the three weeks we were off. And hopefully, and I guess they didn't die because they're here. Just for us. It's the holes we put in the box. Yes, we did. I added the breathing holes two weeks ago that really allowed them to say. And then we add, we gave them a little water bottle that you get it like for gerbils, you know. And we gave them a hamster wheel and everything. They're threatening to strike if we don't give them air conditioning this summer. No, but the thing is, is that uh, this is a work for hire. It's, it's, oh yeah, what is it? Right to work. There we go. It's a right to work state. So. Screw them. Anyway, temps. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, there's a lot of stuff that's been going on. I mean, cr- uh, clogging up the news queue. If you want to, that's not a good phrase to use. Um, like I got. Let's see. I I got a couple. I got a couple other things. I got a new Macintosh. Did you guys see that out there? You got an old Macintosh. It's if you haven't seen it, it's new to you. Yeah, that's right. The Macintosh you bought is about as useful as a computer as a Macintosh raincoat. No, it, I got a I got a Macintosh <laughs> Performa 6400. Uh, it has a 180 megahertz processor, 16 <laughs> megabytes of RAM, and a 32k L1 cache, a one megabyte video card, and a one gigabyte hard drive. Ships standard with an 8x CD-ROM and a 28.8 modem. Oh, 28.8. Yeah, it was pretty good for 1996. Smoking. And uh, so I, I've been trying to Tim Allen it. I wanted to upgrade it into a uh, more formidable uh, uh, computer. Uh, uh. So now it has 100 megs of RAM uh. instead of 16 because I bought 128 <laughs> and it's only reading half of it. 
I mean, one of the sticks doesn't work, and it's only reading. I got two sixty-four sticks. One of the sticks doesn't read, and then the other stick reads thirty-two megs, and then it came had a sixty-four stick in it. That works fine because you could always do like a sleeper case where the case is there, but like um, which we call ah, you got the insides. Oh no! I want the Performa. It has to run OS. It now it it, it triple boots OS seven, eight, and nine. I see. It can't run OS ten. Well, you and it could. can't run System seven. It has to run System seven five, you which I don't like. Could probably just uh, open that up in a VM, but no, you have to have. It's all about having the computer, and it actually did come with the original monitor too, but that broke during shipping. So I, I so I spent twenty bucks and I got a a great LCD screen from ten years ago, <laughs> a, a Dell a Dell LCD screen that I'm using a video adapter to connect to the. Uh, Apple video card, but I can get like a 16 megabyte Voodoo. Uh, Did you get these all at the L Train Vintage? Oh, I wish that would have been so much easier. I bought an Ethernet card for it, so it can connect. It can connect to the internet, but I'll tell you what, because um, it can't connect to anything with SSL because it needs everything is too new. There's no encryption. Um, they all they they've uh, deprecated or phased out all of the encryption algorithms that it used. So neither IE for Mac or Netscape Navigator could access anything with SSL in it, meaning that in a few years you won't be able to use the internet at all. I mean, you could probably backport uh, SSL to it. I'd be surprised, actually, if it's not I mean, you probably case. could, but no one is because these web browsers were, were 20 years old. Oh, the, the the application, yes, but you can actually set it up so that it uses SSL. Like, it's all just user-based stuff that you could, like, put an SSL proxy in front of it to do well, the remember, term, uh, you, Well, remember, what, what language are you going to write a classic OS 9 app in? I guess C plus C? Uh, apparently, even an Objective C worked back then. But yes, yeah, the I think Objective C worked not with OS nine. I thought that was with just OS ten. That's when they that's when they that's when they incorporated no, no. the next step stuff, which was Objective C. But oh, before, yeah, yeah. So I think like mm. I have the developers edition Rhapsody, which unfortunately doesn't work on this computer. I have to figure out why. Which is like between OS eight and OS ten. But do you know what kind of instruction set it is? The computer? Yeah. It's power of PC. The instruction 64 set. 64-bit, uh, whatever, power PC, 64-bit. It's a RISC oh, processor. Okay. Oh, you technically could write a Go program for that, actually. Okay, well, you also have to write a <laughs> compiler that compiles to power PC. No, 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 you don't. No, you don't. You can compile on another computer and then install it. Oh. Yeah. Try it out. Or I have, I've got a floppy drive. We can just plug it right in. Um, if Objective-C doesn't work, you can use Biased-C. Ah, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, I say uh, go. Like, just like, cross-compile go. Oh, it's basically the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or you can only just use obtuse. Double C. burn! Yeah. Um, let's see. Moving on, because I didn't set up the timer. I don't know how much, how much time we've used so far. Uh, so I went to Portland last week, and I read this article about standing plane seats, because it's only a matter of time before... These seats are on every oh, plane. Oh, I saw those. The airplane yeah, saddle is I a standing that. seat for super economy flights. I've been saying, there is a special why don't they have subway hell. railings on planes? Hmm. You know, we're only, I'm sure we'll see that during our lifetime. But how about spending six hours almost sitting down? It's like a roller coaster, but not. No, the person that designed that needs to be forced to sit I mean, for a whole day in that thing. No, they probably Who only doesn't want ride, a hard piece of plastic private. prodding your... Uh, 
your center. It's like riding a bike seat, basically. No, that's riding not a bike even for six hours. A bike seat would be more comfortable. Than yeah, this. a bike seat would be way better. This is like the part in a roller coaster that you like. You hope you don't hit into too hard. Yeah. Well, the Skyrider 2.0 makes a lot of sense for airlines trying to squeeze as much value as they can from every pound of fuel and inch of cabin space. Decreasing seat space is an easy way to do so, and even major companies like Airbus have toyed with the unconventional seat designs like these. You know what? Here's... Why? It because should, they have to pack companies should be more saving people. money. Jet should be cheaper. It's like that technology's been around for longer. It's not but a it's commodity not because anymore. because of... Why aren't they making reusable ones? Those things are in the sky all the time. Make them solar-powered as well. Reusable what? Jets? Yeah. They yeah. actually... I think the first solar-powered flight around the world happened in, in 2016, and it took them like a month. You're not going to be going very fast if the plane is flying on well, the no, sun. but add that, you know? Add that to... Make it like a hybrid. Well, well why don't you give uh, Boeing a call and uh, see... How they're doing? Okay, they... if Kia can make a car for six thousand dollars that does all this, then why isn't the the jet prices coming down? I would not down? want to fly in a plane oil that was prices. made by Kia. You got planes? Go fly somewhere where oil's cheap. Buy it and then bring it back. <laughs> I don't think that's legal, but it's no. funny. Think no. about it. Um, let's see. Uh, what else? Do you here? Let me play something for you guys. I hope this is not one of those. There's uh, something that's been taking over. Oh, there it is. Oh, oh, God. Something that's been taken over the internet. Do you? What do you hear? Laurel. Laurel. I hear Yanny. <laughs> Did you see the SNL on wait, this? Wait, no. I don't. Wait. Oh, he calls this is, play it again? These are the first time I've heard it. I didn't have stereo. Oh. Laurel. Yeah, it's Laurel. How do you hear an L sound with that? Because it is supposed to be a Laurel. It's Laurel. taken from yeah. a dictionary of the word Laurel. Laurel. Hold on. I don't hear Laurel, Laurel. at How all. How does Yanny sound? So, Yanny? It sounds like Laurel. Yanny. So, what? SNL called everybody who hears Yanny idiots. I, I love it. <laughs> okay. I'm, I, I don't really... I'm not, I don't care for the validation. I'm not <laughs> auditioning for Lauren Michaels. And I, I, I go in with my burning impression and my sketch ideas, and he's like, do you hear Yanny or Laurel? And I go, Yanny. He's like, get out of my office. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I don't know. But oh. also, it is actually Laurel. Okay. Yeah. Well, I heard Yanny, so I didn't hear Yanny at all. Really? Yeah. Am no. I going, am I going deaf? It's taken from a dictionary.com recording of the word. I don't Laurel. care what it's supposed to be. I keep hearing Yanny. I hear I, a Y. I continuously hear Laurel. I don't how, even hear an R in there. How do you hear the A? The A. Yeah. yeah. It's Yanny. Laurel. No, like, Laurel. No. How do you hear the A? That's because that's what it sounds like. So they did uh, figure out what, uh, what what was causing this. It, you don't hear the A, Yanny. It's some people can't, Yanny. So, some people Yanny. You don't hear this? No, no, Laurel. Go on. Wow. Some people can't hear certain frequencies, and that's why you're hearing uh, uh, Yanny instead of Laurel. Am I going deaf? Oh, your no, four Ks you, you are bad. You just can't hear different even the same frequencies Tyler and I can. But I can have better hearing than you guys. You potentially do. But then it's that we're not hearing the frequencies for Yanny. We're hearing the frequencies for Laurel and vice versa. I wonder what frequencies are missing. Well, I don't know. I think the dress is blue. Anyway, moving on. Uh, no, Nintendo- Yanny is definitely the dress is gold. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Um, the, I, I found this article about a write-up about the Nintendo Switch and how it doesn't follow the USB protocols that it's supposed to. Oh, uh, they slightly modify it because 
they're evil. Because it was USB compliant, it, they didn't follow the specs. So there's this Google Plus post, which I can't believe I'm saying the phrase Google Plus, uh, that just talks about every single thing. Uh, 1A, the dock tells the switch it's dual power capable on the internal port. 1B, in the alternate mode adapter product descriptor, it claims to not need VBUS to operate. Wait, These so I'm sorry. What, what's the problem here? Christian, why are they evil and why are they evil in this circumstance? Because they were supposed to adhere to a standard and they did not. So sounds they like dropped. Sony. But no, you know who that sounds like? Apple. Yanny. <laughs> right. Were they were they purposely misadhering to the standard? Well, yeah, it's a very simple standard. Was to it follow. to save money? But like, yeah, was it to save money no, or to do nefarious things? It, it's just to do different features or just to be uh, easier to implement. Uh, very various. So reasons. they were cutting corners, so basically. Or or just being like, well, what if we modify this? Thing? Maybe it's like, if you're saying it's USB C compliant, way. it should be USB C compliant. Oh, the uh, the Switch and Dock use a proprietary Nintendo Alt mode. This is fine. What's not fine is jumping the gun and entering Alt mode before querying the Dock via a Discover SVID program and see if it supports it. When that probe does finally happen and the doc replies, the doc messes up the reply. When you respond to a disk SVID request, you are supposed to terminate and then pad the VDO message with quadruple zeros. Nintendo completely forgot to do that here, and that tells me that their chipset is bad. This non-compliant behavior means that even third-party docs will have to emulate the wrong behavior to work, something that Wine has to do, basically. When it, you know, wine, is, wine is not an emulator. Uh, anyway, which is bad for everyone, especially the ecosystem. And it goes on. Might there be a way to fix this? So you're telling me that they cut corners they would with have their... They actually uh, change the hardware. Their cardboard Nintendo? No, they're that's... cutting corners. It doesn't seem like they're cutting enough that's corners. That's Mebo, which so is then, actually really so cool. I, Mebo, I think, is amazing. No, the, the but, Switch is, car, is the, the cardboard no, thing. No, the Switch is the thing the, the cardboard thing uses. Right, that's what I mean it comes the, with the cardboard. No, it doesn't. That's Mebo. Totally oh. different products. The so you switch, can get the Switch without the cardboard? The Switch is the tablet with the two controllers on either side that pop off. Yeah, it's a oh, it's a full like desktop set game, and then it's mobile, too. You okay, can just pick I guess it up I and missed, go, them. I'm, I yeah. missed them up. It's super cool. What no. games can you play on a Pokemon? Uh, oh, this thing! Yeah. New Zelda. Oh, yeah. I totally messed that up. It's I'm sorry. It's a PSP sorry. for home and to go. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't play PlayStation games on it. Well, it's well, Nintendo. There's yeah. better games. No, I'm just kidding. Like those, Mario those are, and Zelda. Those are and Mario Kart and Zelda and Mario Party and Mario Party Super Smash Brothers with Mario. I don't know if they had the Super Smash Brothers yet. They should have the GameCube version of it. That would be cool. Anyway, the uh, GameCube one was the best one. Yes. I have Super Smash in my house on the Wii. By the way, we have we not been playing this every day of our oh, lives? Oh wow! That was yeah, scary. and I have Mario Party. We need to all play Mario well, Party. Well, I'm soon. not that big a fan of Mario Party. But what? Mario wrong? Party's great. I had Mario Party for GameCube. And Mario Party never, is an excellent really... drinking game. I never drank with it, I guess. Oh, well, okay. you're missing out. And uh, there's one last thing, yet. by the way, that we forgot to talk about off the top of the show. Uh, my birthday is on Thursday. Woo! What are you guys going to get me? Um, Drunk. Yeah. Yeah, that music is pretty telling, actually. That's uh, I don't want to go to a strip club. This might become tradition. Oh, man. Oh, that's what I get for playing that music every show. <laughs> you know? And yeah. It's um, just telling us. That's, that's what, what you what get you... for thinking it's Yanny. Yanny! That's what it sounds oh. like. It sounds like Yanny! No, it doesn't. No. Okay. No, it does not. Wow. Well, I need to, I need to go to an audiologist then. That's, uh, that's not good. Um... Oh, yeah, there was a new Git protocol, e and by the way. Maybe you need to recheck your E. That's mm -hmm. true. Uh, why don't you tell us about this new Git protocol version 2? 
So version and, two. And why are we reading this? I'm sorry. Why are we reading this off of the Google open source blog? Uh, because they're the ones who finalized it. They tried also, to put it on Google Plus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's github.googleplus.com. No, uh, why, or uh, whatever. Why, uh, I mean, what? So now they're just going to send all your Git traffic to Google? No, no, that's not it. Uh, or so you think. This is basically to be able to They've already had be it. Google scale. Uh, like you is, do... anything, is anything else Google scale? Oh, so all your repositories are going combined into one now. <laughs> well, that is go- how Google does it. And they'll all, they'll that's all how, have that's how, uh, different, we do it at but work, yet the actually, same interface. It's monorepo. Are they going to do what they do with other I Google things where they update the spec but not the documentation and then make all the links that are their help links invalid? Google loves no, doing that. They do. Uh, but no, this <laughs> is, does have to be managed by the Git project. It's just get, uh, Google has the real Git specific. people. So you're not actually changing like the Git user stuff. This is like the wire protocol changed. So like when you want to uh, communicate, so you Git v2 would be like, oh, I've got a Git v2 client that can't talk to a Git v1 server, and vice versa. Gotcha. Hmm. So these protocols <clears throat> doesn't matter. Like these Git protocols are still operating over SSL or SSH. Uh, yeah. Right. So. Uh, I believe. Uh, yeah, actually, I no. Can't there you find go. The link Git, in the no, thing, look but. at the bottom. Uh, Git flag c protocol dot version equals two, and then it still has the https chromium dot google source dot com. Okay, source so it could do https, and then I think it'll still do uh, ssh. Then okay, I have some issue where I can't log into GitHub uh, using SSL, but I can with SSH. That's... I don't know. Oh, do you have uh, multi factor on? <clears throat> Yes. Yes, that's why. That's why? Yeah. It doesn't How do I, I I don't know why it doesn't work, but that's also why I have that issue. I mean, too. so I can't log into a repo if I have multi-factor 2FA on? Cuz it goes through the into same Into a repo? It goes HTTPS, through the same login, the login endpoint. It goes yeah, it goes into the same wow. exact login as the portal. So you do you use SSH for your repos? Yeah, now? I have to use SSH, which actually is faster. But. I like I don't have any problem with SSH. No. I was just advised to use SSL. It's just a little jarring when there's also certain situations where I can't use SSH. Like if you're on an airplane. Well, that uh, there's also um, they fixed it in later versions of Go, but it used to be uh, if you go get it would be HTTPS, and for a private repo that's a pain. And uh, then there's also certain situations where you're not getting things from GitHub, and they might not be over SSH, or they hopefully are, and they might not just be over HTTPS. Ah, gotcha. Um, all right. Well, we've definitely uh, definitely caught up, and hopefully we can continue to do the show. We just we had a false start earlier. <laughs> hopefully, I'm just I can feel it. I can like my spidey sense is tingling. I can feel logic is going to mess up again. But Batman. <laughs> Wait, that wasn't Spider Man <laughs> or oh, whatever. I can't it, shimmy it, like Tobey Maguire. Ba- it's the Batman music, but uh, there is that Family Guy bit oh, yes. where he's like, "Because I'm Spider Man, Spider Man." Yeah. Um, well, why don't we take a quick right turn into some local news with our New York Minute? Can't say right and news together these days. Where we take a look at your five boroughs. Now, what's really cool about having this mixer is that I can actually program in all the segments to automatically fade them down to the proper level. So eventually, I won't actually have to touch the board to do the show. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. That's probably five years away. Um, I'm sure we've all heard of this guy, this racist lawyer. 
who was yelling at people. I don't know. I don't want to. Which I don't, racist sorry. lawyer? I don't want to. I don't want to lead with racist lawyer. A lawyer who made a very xenophobic rant at a restaurant in Midtown because he's complaining Still that somebody, anyone somebody point. in New York was daring to speak Spanish at work. Oh no! I mean. It, it is up to company policy to say this is the official language you're speaking. Okay, but when you're in food, you probably I'm gonna say, unless you're a waiter and you like I'm gonna say you probably can't avoid it. Let me see if yeah, I can find. Yeah, I, I get that. Let me see if I can find what this guy says without any edits. Hold on a second. It should just be right here. A step further by accusing the Spanish speakers of being undocumented immigrants. That's where he makes a mistake. After the video, sir. Wow. In old yeah. Anyway. Uh, wow. I don't. This is something that you would definitely expect to see in other parts of the country. But I mean, New York is such a melting pot. Like, how do you complain that well, someone speaks Spanish? Because it is a melting pot. You got people with other views, which I think is something that's not usually taken into account here. I mean, there's a yeah, but what? But, I mean, what uh, view? He's. I mean, he, 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 I. I don't know. He no. was in Midtown. That yeah. might be why he's complaining well, yeah, that people are speaking uh, Spanish. They, so if he works in Midtown, he's probably not, like lives outside of here. And actually, just outside of New York City, most places are actually very red. Yes. Uh, in Fort Lee, New Jersey. I'm not making that joke. No. Never mind. No. Oh. I was going to make another joke with oh. another color, but that would be off color. Yeah. For this conversation. Anyway. Oh, man. They're um, changing sports teams for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, go Jets. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> what is it? You want to <laughs> you wanna cry when they win and when they lose, you may be a Jets season ticket holder. Anyway. That's a real commercial. Yeah. Uh, there's a new voice of the MTA of the, on the subway. Did you hear it? Uh, yeah. Or uh, did you not hear it because it sounded too muffled? Yes. <laughs> yes. So uh, it sounds like a regular uh, uh, c- uh, conductor now, which you never understand anyway. Exactly. Which was really confusing when my J train hit somebody today. It hit somebody? Yeah. Go on. There was like, uh, we hit somebody, uh, we don't know how long we'll be here. And uh, so I was like, all right, well, I guess we're walking. Wow. Yep. I mean, at least they didn't. It didn't happen in the middle of the stop. They did so. They let you out. You weren't stuck on the train. Yeah, that's true. So, did someone jump in the tracks? Is that what happened? They don't know. Like uh, it, it was one of those ones. Like it could have been that they were leaning too far forward. It, uh, almost like it was like on that like side. Texting really... too far forward, and then they just kill themselves. Yeah. You know what? Then then they win the Darwin Award. Anyway, the MTA has picked a new woman, Valina Mitchell, from Queens, to be the new voice of the subway announcements. Excuse me. And they've already phased out... They've already used her to replace um, a lot of the standard announcements that they give when they're going through tunnels. You know, like uh, your bags... And, or your... What is it? Your, uh, your, uh, subje- your bags are subject to search by the police or something like that. Do we like get a voice clip? Uh, you know what? Let me see if I can do that. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do. Laurel. Yanny! <laughs> It sounds like it's from a TV show. The thing is, she like, sounds like that. You know, what? she sounds like that. That what's her face yeah, from Carmen C- San Diego? I wasn't gonna say that. You know who I'm talking about? I do. Uh, oh. I, I don't know the name though. I was gonna say she sounds like the principal from that show, Vice Principals. I don't know. Oh no, she doesn't. Yeah, she does. No, she doesn't. Yeah, she does. No, 
And no, because she has more of a New York accent. The, the the vice principal's person had a Southern black accent. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Anyway, the thing is, is if you had a hard time hearing this, it's not your problem necessarily. Though maybe it is, since I didn't hear Laurel. Uh, it just sounds really muffled, and it doesn't have like maybe the guy just needs the bass to cut through all of the noise and BS that goes on on the train, and you just hear this muffled kind of. Which you're right, it sounds like the conductors when you can't hear them. Yeah. Where they're usually saying that the train is running express for the next ten stops and it's going to miss yours. <laughs> you know they keep yep. doing that to me when I go to when I when I uh, go to work where they uh, they're like ten minutes or fifteen minutes late and then they overshoot my stop and then I have to it's like it's it's it's, it's a double F. And anyway, uh, I think that's really it, right? Wasn't yeah. there something else that happened? No, not really. Betsy DeVos visited a uh, uh, Hasidic uh, boys' school this week. I think that's not news so much as it's tragedy. That's a that's that's a meet, meeting of the minds. Uh, I don't know. I think that's it. So that's our New York minute. New York. Wait, they weren't allowed to make eye contact with her. That means eye contact. Yeah, you can't make eye contact with, with uh, someone of the opposite gender uh, before being married or something like that. I don't know if it's eye contact. Handshake. Ah, uh, no TCP connections for you. And that <laughs> means it's time for our GitHub Issues of the Week. Our first GitHub Issue of the Week comes to us from Ansible. Well, no, right, right? Please tell me this is the right one. Ansible's the owner. See, this is why it's AWX. Yes. Like Espresso or Expressway. Yes. Not AWS, like Espresso. Yes. Yes. Anyway. LDAP, LDAP configuration error. What is that? What is LDAP? I've seen that a lot. LDAP is a way of doing like a distributed user base on your servers. What does it stand for? Good question. Uh, oh, come on. But, you don't know this? No, I don't. Why not? You because should be I, good I go out of my way to not touch LDAP. Lightweight Directory Access Protocol is an open, vendor-neutral, industry-standard application protocol for accessing and maintaining distribu- uh, distributed directory information services over an IP network. Yeah. Uh, most people use it so you have your uh, slash home looks the same on all your servers. So that way you have all the same users. Okay, I like that. So it has a configuration error with invalid keys member attribute, member underscore ATTR. Yep. What's going on? Uh, So uh, uh, Ansible's making a request to some HTTP thing here, or rather you're making the request uh, to the uh, control tower of AWX. uh, So AWX is the open source version of Ansible Tower, Ah. which handles running distributed Ansible tasks. And so uh, it, it, you're trying to post to this or get to this, actually. Uh, oh, it seems like any protocol on um, this particular endpoint. And it's saying it's an issue. And so the solution, actually, funny enough, that they've actually documented in a separate issue that turns out to be a duplicate, uh, is send an empty body. Huh. Well, curly braces, but that's it. Empty JSON body. Interesting. Yeah. So, because it has to, it doesn't do it. It doesn't do a null check, I guess, on the on the variable. Yep. And who makes this? Ansible. Ansible. They know who better are, than that. Who are owned by Red Hat? They know better than this. Yep. This is a rookie mistake. Yep. Shame on you. All right. Well, let's move on to our next GitHub issue of the week. Our next GitHub issue of the week comes to us from LibUI. Mac OS, and then this is all one word, UI area, begin user window resize. Yay, Apple. <laughs> That's a semantic naming conventions for you. This test page, 15 borderless resize, doesn't count for me, doesn't for, does, sorry. This tests page 15 borderless resize doesn't for me with Mac OS Sierra. 
So they're trying to resize a, board, a window without a border? Yep. Okay. And... And so a big problem is using the NS layout. Uh, Don't all apps library. have to use that? Or do the ones... Oh, can you get around it like if you use Electron? There's a new one. Um, I don't know what the new one is. Does it start with NS? Uh, that's a good question. No, but like, uh, there, I know with like all this new Apple stuff, they have like a whole new UI library. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, it might be because I'm sure NS layout was made in the 80s. Yeah. So, so the whole issue really is that this is a, uh, like, you, you, like uh, they haven't actually found a solution for this. Uh, they're talking about debugging it. And even though you're writing stuff in C, you get some uh, objective C stack traced because that's what kind of nightmare Apple UI software is. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else? Nope. Well, our next GitHub issue of the week comes to us from Thanos. That sounds like uh, something from Game of Thrones. Well, Thanos is actually an Avengers bad guy for oh, those of you who saw the new Avengers movie this past couple of weeks. Which I did not. Neither did I. Good. I did. Was no, never mind. Uh, was Paul Rudd in that movie? Yeah, he plays Ant Man. Yeah. That was he was in the Avengers. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I did. I was going to say because I did see a movie with Paul Rudd and Amy Poehler called "They Came Together." It's I, not a joke. I haven't seen that, but that sounds interesting. It's a fantastic. It's a fantastic movie by uh, David Wayne, and uh, I you were going to say David Schwimmer. No, or da- or David Wayans. <laughs> um, no, but Dave, uh, they came. To, they came together. is a is an independent movie from David Wayne. David Wayne uh, did Super Jail. Oh, <clears throat> he has that comedy trio uh, with Michael Ian Black and Michael Showalter. Oh, hmm. okay. And, uh, yeah, and so he has this movie that's like a satirical rom-com called They Came Together with, I mean, you could make a great romantic comedy with uh, uh, Amy Poehler and, and Paul Rudd. And uh, they keep, they say all of the cliche things that are in, there are Bill Hader's in it too, and like they're oh, at, I gotta the, watch the framing yeah. device is that they're at a restaurant, and they, and they, and they keep saying, when they ever, whenever they tell a detail about that story, they're like, oh, that's so New York. It's almost like New York City is a character in our story. <laughs> oh, man. I gotta see this. Yeah, it's great. Um, and they did the movie for only three million dollars, and I mean, it's I, like, that's, it looks like a real feature film. Nice. So I'm sure everyone took a much lower cut, but it has a bunch of people. It has Paul Rudd, Amy Poehler, Bill Hader, Jack McBrayer, Michael Ian Black makes a cameo, David oh. Wayne makes a cameo, Michael Shannon, um, Nora Jones makes a cameo. Oh, anyway, oh. John Stamos makes a cameo. Yeah, it's a really it's a really good movie. Uh, yeah. Anyway, as a quick tangent. So, uh, Thanos. Yeah. Uh, S3 store, invalid memory address, or nil pointer dereference. Now, why why do they say nil instead of null? So that's a go thing, and there's a whole thing why about why you use nil. Nil instead of null. Not, why don't uh, everybody just say... Well, it's like saying ni instead of no. <laughs> or Z instead of Z. No. <laughs> ni. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Okay, so um, what is this about? So uh, it's, uh, Thanos is a scaled-out version of Prometheus, which is a suite of tools to do metrics collection and a time series is that database. The prequel to put those Alien. In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Uh, it's also a Greek uh, mythology thing, um, right? And yeah. uh, remember Kablam, Prometheus, and Bob. Yes, yes. Forgot about oh, that. Yeah. Amazing. Anyway, go on. I didn't mean to distract. Uh, I, I did like uh, the uh, the uh, was it Super Friends or something? Oh yeah, with the yeah. action figures. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Meltman. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Meltman. Mm-hmm. 
and stinky. <laughs> you were probably stinky. Anyway, go on. No, go on, go on. I, I like to think of myself as melt man or naked man. I can't remember that show well enough. Anyway, go on, go on. But anyway, so uh, it's trying to store uh, some... I uh, actually don't know what it's actually trying to exactly store in uh, S3. Um, huh. But anyway... Uh, it's uh, hitting some kind of uninitialized struct that uh, it has a pointer to it, hence uh, no pointer. The pointer is pointing to nothing when it has to point to something. And when that happens, uh, it'll actually uh, cause uh, Go to. Uh, it's written in Go, so it'll actually cause a pa- uh, crash. So it's in the S. The null pointer exception, basically. Yeah. So, or nil pointer oh. dereference. So uh, looking further down, I see what it is. Uh, they're, they're trying to get a bucket, and the bucket doesn't exist in S3. And therefore, the bucket is nil. And so, when it tries to run something on that bucket, it'll actually uh, crash. And this is what not, if they this is not really uh, Thanos use... so much. <laughs> well, it's the, I guess Thanos's use of the S3 client. What if they uh, did the thing that they that the other guy did, but send a null body? No, that wasn't a null body. That was an empty JSON body. So empty it's still JSON something, body. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. What if they did that? Uh, or some kind uh, of like blank is, array. This is different. This is an object that needs to be present. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Can you hear what's going on upstairs? It no. It really sounds like no, they've been vacuuming no, for only hours. you, dude. I swear to God. Yeah, me and Yanny. So, okay. What do we... Uh, <laughs> That's probably why you can hear it. What do we... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, anyway. They just need to initialize the bucket. Uh, like, so, like, check if the bucket exists. If it does exist, initialize it. Can I play some child ringtones to see if you can hear that? This, is that what I should do to test your hearing? Sure. Really? Not on That's, the show. No. But like, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway. Um, all right, what'd you say, sorry? So, uh, they need to check that the bucket exists. If it doesn't exist, initialize the bucket. Oh, okay. Fairly Thanks. simple. Uh, and that's it. Only three? Yep. Uh, wow. No, there's another one. Uh, oh, yes. I'm sorry. Not only three. Zero index gets me every time. Even though I know that erase started zero. I don't know why. Anyway, sorry. It's time for... See, I always mess one up. And now we're back to our usual schedule. Uh, so, <laughs> it's time for our last GitHub issue of the week. Our last GitHub issue of the week comes to us from a chess piece called Rook. Discovery pod fails when uh, dev is mounted as read-only. Yep. What's Rook? So Rook is this uh, series of processes written in Go to manage block storage devices. Rook's the fresh cop that gets us all our coffee. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't get it, but it's Like a rookie funny. cop, you know? Oh, Rook, come on. He's the fresh cop that gets everyone coffee. You know. All right. I can, I can, I can, I can get it. It's a police joke. I guess. <laughs> Super Troopers 2 is in theaters. I thought. Gosh. Roxanne. Damn it, Farva. Yeah. See, someone gets it. That's a police joke. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Oh, uh, but, oh, I see what you're going for. Yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, all right. So. I know what you're getting at now. Yeah. Uh, that means two things. Uh, anyway. Don't stand so close to me. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know, Tyler. I read your message in a bottle, and I thought that I could. Oh, oh we're, we're, we're getting a little too too far into this now. We got to stop. <laughs> you sure? <laughs> yes, I'll be watching you. Yes, okay. <laughs> Every breath you take. 
<laughs> Every breath you take, what? No. No, no. All right, we've gone way way off stream. See, this is what happens. We don't do a show for two weeks. We kibitz. Which is fine. We're walking on the moon at this point. Oh, my God. Oh, oh come on. You know, Tyler, I, you can leave. I really like that band. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Tyler, but I just feel like an English man in New York. I don't know. <laughs> oh, uh, you went solo work. <laughs> anyway. Oh, um, man. All right. Uh, so did we finish this one? No, oh, we, have we barely started. We have oh, Brooke, I'm sorry. Now. <laughs> <laughs> they blend together in the '90s <laughs> until the Tarzan soundtrack came out, and that was not. Uh, that was very much Phil, Phil Collins and NSYNC. Anyway, um, okay. So there's a no. I closed Rook. Okay, let's open it again. Uh, so Rook <laughs> is yeah. Uh, Rook is. So Rook is a uh, series of Go processes that are used to manage block storage devices. Block storage devices, okay. Built on top of Ceph, which is a block storage. Uh, you say block storage, you mean like a cluster. hard drive? Uh, so, SSDs? No, like block storage, like you can actually like network attached storage that uses oh. block devices. Okay. Yeah. What is a block device? A box? So a block device can be um, a multiple, multiple things. Like that a partition? You're, you're writing two blocks. Okay. Like the hard drive, hard drives have blocks on them. In sectors. This is square versus rectangle here. Okay, yeah. fine. All right, so the problem is that dev is mounted read-only. Yeah, and so the issue is you'd figure the discovery uh, process doesn't need dev because it's not actually managing any of the devices, just to show that, hey, I've got the server here with these devices. But then, uh, so it makes sense that, oh, I could only do read-only. But being it uses common code from other Rook processes, it'll actually need the uh, uh, dev uh, it'll just do the check. So there could be a future code change to be like, okay, I found this particular process. I don't need dev to write to, so I'll just read it. But in this case right now, it needs uh, – it'll all read write. Uh, you can still have dev in an unprivileged container, though, and that should be fine. But okay. you can also run it in privileged. Gotcha. You can so, hit your friends on the head with the hammer, but just don't hit your friends in the head with the hammer. I well, I I can't hit you in the in the head with a hammer because you're wearing a hat. <laughs> so, yes. Well, uh, after our GitHub issues of the week, it's always time for Tyler's plus no no plus ones. Our pull request plus ones are where we send out acknowledgments of awesomeness and what what acknowledgments of awesomeness and well wishes to people and other organizations. It's been too long. Who's our first one? Plus one this week, Tyler. Plus one this week goes to Behringer. Behringer. Uh, you started out as that cheap company that you were almost too cheap to trust. Kind of like right around when Kia came out and it was just like, can I really trust this? It's so cheap, but it's what I want. But now I still wouldn't trust Kia to make a plane. No, no, I wouldn't do that. Probably wouldn't drive in many Kia cars if it was my choice. I mean, I'd rent one, whatever. But Behringer, crushing it. Uh, yeah, listen 20 to how years the show later, Yeah. I'm pumped. They, I, I'm glad that they lasted as a brand. The stuff that I always bought always worked. <laughs> Thought maybe it was a fluke, and maybe I kept getting lucky and <laughs> getting the the one that worked. But well, all I can tell you is that uh, cheap Chinese electronics have get, have got progressively better over the last thirty years, twenty years. Agreed. And that's what's allowed me to get this little thing for a few hundred bucks. Uh, all right. What's your next plus one? Next plus one goes to Zoom. Zoom, the conference thing. The software? conference thing, yeah. Oh. Uh, really? Is that too now? Uh, yeah, there's. Huh. I use Zoom. Yeah, I've noticed Zoom. that of they're all, all the conferences, the same. they're the least headache. How are they any different from Uber Conference? It was pretty jarring when I first started using Zoom because I'd use it for work and it'd always be like, "Oh, we need to get on a, a call right now to talk about something." And I'd be like, "How do I do this again?" 
But then we got like all the like fancy stuff set up. So now we got like the iPad with the uh, Zoom room thing that you just hit. I want to meet, and you have a meeting, and now it's wow. like, pretty awesome. You know what else you could do that with? What? FaceTime. Except nobody wants Skype. to FaceTime. Nobody wants Hang zero. Out. Skype is what upset me. Skype is the reason why actually, Zoom gets no, the plus you know, one. I take, I take Skype back. I actually read this giant article deposing Skype recently and how Microsoft has not surprisingly ruined it. Anyway, I don't want to take away. Your black plus one is... Oh, why <laughs> uh, Zoom? I'm sorry. That was it. Skype is the main reason. Uh, half the other ones are just pe- headaches. And Zoom is the one where every time I get a Zoom link, sweet, this is going to work. <laughs> Great. And you uh, you have another one? Uh, yeah. It's a minus one, though. And it goes to Uber for their new commercial with their new CEO. You, sir, are terrifying. <laughs> I do not like your commercial. I do not trust you. You barely smiled once at that commercial. I'm pretty sure it's the first time you smiled all month long. You just scare me. And, oh, I... What happened? I don't, even, I don't have a television. I didn't see it. They're, they're just talking about how he's the new CEO and how he's... Just he cares and how and, broy and is he? Because I know he's Uber not has that bro-y. problem. He's like just not warm, like not warm at all. Okay, has okay. That's <laughs> like fun. like about as as caring as as like major pain. I don't know who that is. The Damon Wayans movie. Oh, he's like that. No. Oh, it's Damon Wayans, not David Wayans. David David Wayne and Damon Wayans. Two yes. completely different people. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, nope. And that's been your plus one. Okay. Well, uh, here's a segment that we might have to cut a little short because. Oh, I see why. It's a little short. Just a we little bit. Done the, you know, we haven't done this in a couple weeks, so. Apple has clogged uh, things up recently, and let's give it up with our Apple Attack, where we take a nice little poop on Apple. First up, Apple acknowledges a microphone issue with some iPhone 7 and 7 Plus models on the newest version of iOS. In an internal document distributed to Apple authorized service retailers this week, or providers this week, Apple said affected customers may experience a grayed out speaker button during phone calls. This issue may prevent affected customers from being heard during phone calls or FaceTime video chats. All Apple-authorized service providers have been instructed to first ask customers to disconnect or power off any Bluetooth headsets or other audio accessories connected to their iPhone to see if that alleviates the problem. Of course it won't. It's some hardware issue that they refuse to fix or acknowledge. Thank you, Apple. The phone app is broken? The phone doesn't do phone, but they're going to say, well, who uses the phone to, you to make a phone call? Uh, which is a fair point. Um, here's something else. Apple faces a class action lawsuit over their god-awful MacBook Pros and their word-I-can't-save keyboard. They Does that surprise you? Not nice. Nope. No, no, no. Not no. comfy to type it's not, it's the It's the keyboard that, um, it's the keyboard that is one solid piece that if a piece of dust or sand or whatever gets stuck in one key, it kills the whole keyboard. Somebody I remember wrote an article about that. I think we talked about oh, that yeah, a couple months smart. ago. And then they got a replacement. The replacement keyboard just randomly crapped out on them. So, all of these other people, I have a new MacBook Pro, and I hate typing on the... I, I absolutely abhor typing on it. And the keys on my old MacBook Pro are from 2013, and it sound, it's like sitting into a nice leather couch when I type on this computer, and the other one is just sitting on, like, a subway seat. <laughs> so... 
Yes, but wait, there's more. New MacBook Pros also fi are frying USB peripherals that are plugged into the left side USB-C port. Oh, sweet. Yes. So yeah, I didn't want, I didn't want that USB device. I know I didn't like that camera anyway. Oh, computer. it was only a three hundred dollar mechanical keyboard. Oh, it's wow. only a three hundred dollar mechanical keyboard on a three thousand dollar computer. So it's I don't know. It only affects the left furthermost USB C port. When the charger is connected to the Mac through any of the remaining three ports, this one port, the left one, will supply twenty volts on standby instead of the regular five. Effectively yeah, frying any regular USB peripheral that's connected. When the charger is not connected, the port operates normally. Remind us again about that testing facility. $900 million. <laughs> and they didn't say, hey, you know, if we plug in the power cord to not the cord, the place that we think people are going to use, what does it do if someone plugs it into the right and then plugs in something to the left? Is that going to fry up the stuff? No, nah, that's fine. Oh, okay. This schematic says 20 volts out. Is that right? <laughs> 20 volts out the USB. Am I reading this correct? Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's under. That's fine. Yeah, it does. I, I'm sure Apple devices have a sensing, it a self-sensing thing. Toasty, so it, but it wasn't like it was an Apple peripheral. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they probably have something baked in the sense for that. Uh, and the last thing gonna... <laughs> is uh, the new version of iOS 11.4 that's about to come out has something called USB restricted mode, where if the phone was not unlocked within a week, it actually disables the USB f uh, port to only charge the phone and not allow data transfer. What do you guys think about that? I think that's kind of cool, actually. So this way, if your phone gets stolen by the government, confiscated by the FBI, and they try to track, if they try to hack into your phone, they've got one week to do it, or else your phone will basically be locked. Of course, on my phone, if they keep mistrying the password, it erases everything, so they can. That's go interesting. Suck a I mean, Bye. it's a it's a small attempt compared to uh, the the guy the other guy's solution. Well, just remember that the FBI with that San Bernardino iPhone from 2016, that the FBI didn't need to go to Russia to get the hack to do it. They already had the utilities, but they wanted to set jurisprudence about allowing them to get into somebody else's phone. Uh, yeah, that's basically it. MacBook Pros are on sale, but they suck. And the iPhone 10 also sucks and they're not making any more of them because sales are flat. And that's our Apple attack! They're not making any more iPhone 10s? Well, I mean, they'll probably make... Oops. I'm supposed to fade up at the end of the... Uh, I'm, I, I don't think they're making any more iPhone 10s, but because it's May, they're probably gearing up for the iPhone right. XI. So, but I don't know. I don't the know iPhone how strong Z. a seller the iPhone 10 was. The iPhone Z. Yes, exactly. Uh, or they might do the iPhone Y instead of the iPhone X. Who knows? But that's our Apple attack! Well, they could be like... They could be like Microsoft and have a versioning uh, conflict, and that's why. Oh, there you go. <laughs> No. Well, it's not. They didn't do iOS X. Because that would have also that would have also done an OS X uh, string match, you know? Yeah. Did iOS 10. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, nothing from the FCC this week. Yeah, they've been... Uh, oh, no. There was a vote for net neutrality. There was that. The Senate In the Senate. That right? doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Doesn't mean anything. And I'm sure that the geniuses in the think tank underground in Washington are trying to figure out how they can still... Have uh, undo net neutrality with the support of, without the support of Congress behind them. But anyway, they're thinking about something. They're figuring it out. Um, yeah. Well, why don't we uh, let me move along? Uh, ah, okay. Sorry, I got lost in my own show notes. Why don't we move along to our crypto currency connection? This one's pretty short, but 
Somebody found out that you can mine one, one Bitcoin per month if you harvested the body heat from 44,000 people. Imagine a Matrix-esque scenario where people's bodies are harvested for their, natural, for their biological and natural resources so they can be used in, to power a giant biological computer that mines cryptocurrency. Okay, Neo. Exactly. Well, I've very... already seen... I've already taken the red pill, so... It's not a very good return so far. No. And people... I mean, in New York State's clamping down on Wait. places that have cheap electricity like Plattsburgh. Is this but... really the uh, device in the picture here? I'm gonna say n no. Okay, because I noticed it's one of those $5 Raspberry Pis. As... And it's, they're plugging in a, an Ethernet cable into, like, an Apple Ethernet to USB adapter. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think so, there's actually a device. No. Well, I mean, it looks like there's like a Raspberry Pi strapped to his chest. I don't know. I'm seeing more of this in further pictures. This might actually be the thing. In the last year, the ecological footprint... Yeah, no, this is it. They have a video down below. Wow. Yeah. It's running off of the $5 Raspberry Pi. But what I don't get is, do these people get a cut of the Bitcoins? Like, maybe, they're just sitting maybe. there donating their heat. For what? For the guy that's For running the shop to get the... Whatever. Um, if you wanted piece. to speed things up and mine bi one Bitcoin per month, you're going to need about 320 people lying still around the clock with a perfectly efficient system. To do so, one Bitcoin a month with this technology uh, would require about 44,000 people and uh, providing their body energy 24-7. I only provide my body energy about three times a day. So, yeah. Cool. You guys don't have Sweet. anything uh, to add on that one? No. Okay. It's just avant-garde science. That's a good term for it. Avant-garde science. It's my new rock band. I mean, we could be spending... We could be using this uh, computing power to search for aliens, but instead we want to mine, mine uh, something that doesn't exist. Or we could power mm. apples from 1996. <laughs> hey, That's I'm what not, Eric wants. <laughs> I'm not using my body heat for that. You're paying dollars to Con Ed. Oh, Eric's using plenty of body heat for that. I want to know. I that... can't. You know what? That's not going to happen because that computer can't load web pages that quickly. <laughs> nor can it provide. Nor can it, I don't think it can run video. I'm trying to figure out the most efficient way to get body heat for people. I did actually. I'm subscribed to this vintage Macintosh enthusiast group on Facebook, and somebody talked about getting an old Mac and with all the discs that came with it, and they actually found some like QuickTime movie porn from the mid 90s <laughs> on a CD ROM. Yeah. Wow. That's right. So. Wait, wait. So, <laughs> I wonder how efficient that way of collecting body heat from people is. Because, like, I'm thinking, like, maybe if you put, like, a like a glass jar, like, like a big, giant milk jug thing, and you put a bunch of people inside it, and then, like, a bunch of heat, like, all the steam heat collects, and then goes to the top, and then you power rack a generator with that steam. <laughs> like, maybe that's a more efficient way to do it. I don't know. That's, that's I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we'll get twice the Bitcoin if we go actual steam or actual heat, steam heat, steam heat. <laughs> Not to be confused with the heat it'd generated get, by your computer while playing comfy, games. Steam tams. It basically yeah. be a sauna. <laughs> probably, love steam tams. You'd have to like get your own oxygen though. Pump that in from outside, like through a hose. Yeah, <laughs> just like what they did in the Matrix. Anyway, yeah. right? Why don't we? Okay. Yes, yes. All right. Why don't we continue moving on? Keep this show on the road. With Theresa May murders the internet. But it's not exactly her. It's Digital Minister, which is such a cool name. Digital Minister Matt Hancock said on Sunday that Britain wants to tackle the Wild West internet with new laws. 
Uh, in his statement, Hancock said the Ministry for Digital Culture, Media, and Sport and the Interior or any Interior Ministry would work with regulators, platforms, and ad companies to settle on legislation that tackles quote both legal and digital harms. Uh, I quote: "I've been clear that we have to address the Wild West elements of the Internet through legislation in a way that supports innovation." We strongly support, well, don't outlaw encryption then. We strongly support technology companies to start up and grow, and we want to work with them to keep our citizens safe. I don't want the trolls to win. This sounds like a politician who knows nothing about technology. I mean, maybe, but this is also the sanest thing I've heard out of government talking about the internet ever. He hasn't said anything. I know. He didn't say which anything. Which is why it's the most sane thing I've heard. I don't like someone that, want, that talks about cybersecurity in terms of trolls. No, that is terrible. But at the same time, the bar is so low. I understand. But <laughs> also, like I said, I don't want kinda, someone thinking that... It kind of looks like Bob Odenkirk, except Bob Odenkirk got slapped in the face with a shovel that makes people look more British. He almost, No, I think he looks <laughs> more like Will Arnett. Oh my god, you know what it is? Bob Odenkirk, Will Arnett, Nicolas Cage. Yes. Yeah, there's a cage. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I see the in the, in the Yeah, you eyes. mix the three of them, you get it. The Krug yeah. Magnon thing. Yeah. By the way, while I was in Portland, I saw a really good movie and a really bad movie, and one of them had Nicolas Cage in it. Which do you think? <laughs> what? Which do you think it was? Good uh, movie was Nicolas Cage. Duh. Well, you're a sadist, so the good one was Nicolas Cage. No, 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 no. The good movie was Casino because it didn't have. Go- I haven't seen oh, Casino Casino's in a long fantastic. time. How have you not seen in Casino? In a long time, it's so I saw it ten years ago. Oh, okay. I didn't see it recently, and I was and I didn't. How have you have... not watched it recently? That is well. That now is a Christmas, I have. That is a Christmas tradition in my house. Well, so is Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. I haven't yeah, seen that until recently. That's about race cars, right? What? It's about digging holes in the desert. Anyway, the thing is, is, is I ended up watching no, Casino because Goodfellas wasn't on Netflix. Yes, I've seen that movie too, but also not recently. And um, Nicholas Cage is in Goodfellas. No. Yes, that's exactly. <laughs> it. But so much like how I accidentally followed. Wait, uh, face swap? Did you see face swap? Face off. Same thing. That's yes. That's what, <laughs> what I followed Casino with. Face off. Really? But yes. No, I'm not kidding. Oh my god. Good job, Christian. <laughs> Travolta yes. That was <laughs> Casino came out in 95 Face Off came out in 97 And they look like They're from two different eras I swear to God I want his face On my I'm, face You gotta add in More dramatic pauses And like It's so bad Because The the first line of dialogue In the movie Is John Travolta going We work for a secret Government agency That's so secret Nobody knows who we are How's that for setting up exposition? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Now uh, we know what we're up to in this movie. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it is, it, is an interesting, it is an interesting structure because it basically starts with the end where his kid gets shot in the, in the beginning of the movie. Mm. That's the beginning of the movie. Tarantino so, it. Yeah. Uh, but they didn't tell the movie backwards for a or movie. out of order. But uh, yeah, no, it was it was just the writing was so terrible. And, and, and Nicolas Cage has this like California accent. Like, whoa, who, who, I don't want to give my good looks away. I don't know. It's anyway, it's a bad accent. Sorry, I'm the best looking actor. I'm the best looking actor. In Hollywood. Yeah. Anyway, uh, John Travolta, by the way, is 10 years older than Nicolas Cage, yet they were somehow easily replaceable in Face Off. Yeah. So Re- they're refaceable. Let's not. That's uh, <laughs> good. That's that's good. Um, well, anyway, if you want to hear more about deconstructing that horrible movie, there's a po- there's a podcast called How Did This Get Made, which is not like how it's made. It's like how did this get made? <laughs> so yeah, uh, and it, yeah. So you should watch that or listen to that in, about Face Off. Anyway. Uh, so, uh, also, by the way, about encryption, come back to the show. Uh, a lot of companies, a lot of tech companies have gone, have gotten together 
And uh, they've issued a notice to the governments or governments around the world expressing their desire against government backdoors, as if the governments really listen to them. The governments say, we want to listen to you, but then they say, okay, don't do this. Ah, you know, we're going to go with this guy who says we <laughs> no, can do No, they say, it. we want to listen to you, by that we mean we want to listen to you. We're going to listen to you, but we're not going to do what you say. No, 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 we're going to, like, listen to you. Well, Oh, like surveillance. <laughs> We're getting yeah. loud and clear. <laughs> right, you want us to listen to you. We're li- already listening in, guys. Uh, yeah, so the Reform Government Surveillance, uh, RGS, a coalition of tech companies that advocate for common sense government surveillance reform, which I don't know what that means, announced a law a couple of weeks ago uh, that its members have agreed on a sixth core principle to guide its advocacy efforts going forward. Uh, it, they say strong encryption of devices and services protects the sensitive data of our users, including individuals, corporations, and governments. Strong encryption also promotes free expression and the free flow of information around the world. Requiring technology companies to engineer vulnerabilities into their products and services would undermine the security and privacy of our users, as well as the world's transfer, or as well as the world's information technology infrastructure. Governments should avoid any action that would require companies to create any security vulnerabilities in their products and services. What do you guys think about that? They're gonna listen. Huh. <laughs> nice insight. Okay. It's always the same thing. It yeah. is always the same thing. Yeah. It's always the same it thing. It is, but yet the they're not progressing says, on the this arguments. should change. I don't like it, but I don't have a clear plan. And, I mean, then, and, then, the, and then all yeah. of the tech companies go, All of your anything that you've ever said tangibly has been horrible, and it's against science. All of your base belongs to us. Yes. Yeah, it's basically the Taco Bell menu. Everything's just reshuffled, same ingredients. Basically. But you can turn that into, into a billion-dollar empire. I want Taco Bell so bad right now. I want quesadilla so bad. Well, they you can get quesadillas there. made by people who live in Bushwick and not Taco Bell. I know. Or both. Ugh. Uh, two, okay, Wait, well, how are Ladies Alpha going open? <laughs> which one? They yeah. close early on Sundays. Oh. oh. Anyway. Um, there's a exploit of the week. An, a South Korean router company has uh, a new exploit that can affect over one million routers. Well, the son, who I've never heard of. So it's like, well, who's actually affected? Well, they're South Koreans, maybe. Yeah. Uh, two vulnerabilities in the GPON, the gigabit-capable passive optical network routers, which provide fiber opti- optic internet. Like my Fios modem, maybe? No, better than that. This uh, South Korea There's has something the better than my Verizon modem? You have the slowest internet out of the three of us, one. But two... Hey, at least mine doesn't go out when it rains because it's not cable vision. Mine doesn't either. Mine's underground. You're on the Queen's side, remember? I am. about this? <laughs> I'm on the Queen's electricity grid. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I should get a discount on my rent. <laughs> it's funny because when I because when I, I talked when I when I went back to Cablevision's home base and I told them I told them that and they were, they actually admitted to it. They were like, they do have us on that underground cabling, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. So does most things that were made after 1950. Anyway, I digress. Um, yeah, so there's this new... Uh, so these fiber routers have this vulnerability. I mean, apparently they're popular. There's a million yeah. affected devices. South Korea has the best internet in the world, so... My, of is course... it also possibly the newest internet in the world? No, I don't think so. It's up there. It, it, it's definitely newer than some places. Like but, us? Yeah. But it's also the case that nobody here in America gets fiber, unless you're a homeowner. Hi, and- Fiber. You don't get fiber. You, you get, I get fiber to there. Yes, you it's get fiber right there. to there. That's you, my modem. Yes, to the modem, right. not the router. Oh. 
If I had a fiber router, would I need a fiber modem? Or could I just plug it in to like uh, the WAN port of the router? You could probably plug it directly into what's plugging into the modem. Oh, now here. I want one of these routers. But then I need fiber cards on all my computers, and that's useless. No, so, it's not. That'd be awesome. Then you could get at least 10 gigabit everywhere in your power. What would I do with that throughput? If you need to transfer your logic project from one computer to another, you could. That already... In seconds. Doesn't happen. But if it did happen, a gigabit a second is pretty good. Not to mention the wireless standards aren't up to 10 gigabits a second yet. I get uh, 10 gigabit from this guy to my desktop. On AC? Yeah. Oh. Okay, then. I stand corrected. Well, it's well, good enough for me. It's more like 8.5, but... How much does your internet cost for 300 down? Uh, By the way, you don't have 300 up. I have 100 up. I have... Uh, yeah, no, my up actually sucks. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I've got symmetrical, which makes it a lot more valuable. Yeah, definitely. So what? What? how much are you paying for your 300 down? Uh, 330 maybe? I don't remember what, what the actual... So how much return. dollars? But uh, it's uh, 67 a month. Oh. That's, that's including tax. Are you on a, a new uh, something? Customer sale? No. Just I only do internet. I only do internet. Oh. Huh. Interesting. I mean, that's what I'm paying at Verizon, but I like Fios more than Cablevision. I, anyway. I, I pay 60 Fios. at Optimum. I like it. Yeah. You, oh, that's but, actually a lot then, because I'm paying 60. I was paying close to 100 on Optimum. You're, you're, you have good speed. You just don't have as much speed as I do. Yeah, what does he I'm have? I'm fine. I just like the fact that I don't have to hassle any big company. What does he have? He's got, like, I think it's like 150. Oh, my God. So the fact that I get 125 is so slow. You're only pulling uh, like Christian. 85. I don't think you, the, when I go to <laughs> MacRumors dot com, that extra fifty megabits is not going to come in handy. I'm talking like Netflix. When, uh, maybe if Netflix I'm, will it I, will come in handy. Where's for my four K TV? Can where's my four K? Do you TV? not watch Netflix? I watch Netflix on my iPad. Yeah, that comes in just fine. And on this router, it barely even buffers. It's not even loading on a ping right now. <laughs> uh, you might be on the guest network. I'm in timeout. And you. I'm getting timeouts. <laughs> All right. Your router sucks. You got nothing. The router, right. My router does suck. All right. And it's so expensive. Anyway. Next. Uh, let's Get a see. Behringer router. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, they made them? I would try it. Yeah. I, um, okay. Uh, well, you know what? I actually uh, I didn't do something this week, so I will try to improvise it. Let's see how far... I'm we looking get... for a word in the audience. <laughs> yes, exactly. Are there any? Are there any Jews in the audience? No, 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 I'm not Lisa Lampanelli. Well, I'm Jewish or whatever. That's uh, 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 if we ask that, then it's a problem. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So is there just any, like how you can say? Is there no. any twenty-something-year-old white guys in the audience? <laughs> in Bushwick, absolutely. Uh, let's see. So let's let's. Uh, Gibson is filing for bankruptcy now. Before you make any announcement or any reaction to it, let's hear it from our news department. New money on presents news to use wherever Gibson was from. The company that usually is, is reported as inventing the electric guitar, even though they haven't, is now filing for bankruptcy. That's right. Gibson Brands Incorporated filed for bankruptcy with a turnaround plan that will give some of the company's leaders equity ownership of the iconic American business that supplied guitars to people like B.B. King, Elvis, and Pete Townsend. A restructuring support agreement with seniors secured not others will help them repay back loans while going through a change of control transaction. So basically, 
Gibson is going through a reorganization. They're being bought out for the third time. Oh, the third time. Yep. Yeah. I didn't know they were. This was happening. This is not the first time this happened. Yep. So it's just it's just basically. So they're not really. Well, they're going through a chapter eleven, and then they're getting new owners, so they're not going out of business. It's how the music industry works. Yeah, and also, do the, you consider uh, guitar companies part of the music industry? Oh, I mean the musical instrument industry. Oh, okay. And also, that's just Gibson USA. That's not their deluxe stuff. That's not a lot of their their like basically every wing of Gibson is separate. Yeah, there's it, a lot this of is really, really good really videos nice on YouTube stuff, about basically. it. This is no, this really is their nice regular stuff? American stuff. Really, I thought it was like the uh, U.S. custom shop stuff. I think the custom shop is good, and this is the regular. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. It's just one of the branches, but I think it's the main branch. I mean, that's like how, uh, like, I, I play a lot of Ibanez's, and I would love an L.A. custom shop Ibanez, but that's a $4,000 guitar. Well, I have an L.A. custom shop Carvin that was only 1500 bucks, but Carvin doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, they do. They merged with um, that other company. Yeah. They- Charvel, right? Castle, Castle, Castle. Oh, Castle. Castle. Oh, Castle. 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 Does a they do a lot of non wood guitars. It's interesting. Ah, yeah, yeah. but they don't. You, I'm pretty sure Carvin isn't on the headstock anymore. It was my point. Probably not. Anyway, huh. so that was that was a pretty weak newsreel. But that's I don't know. I just wanted. I have. I honestly hadn't read about uh, about Gibson going bankrupt before. So it just it just it's a it's just a reorganization and. Uh, if you want to know more, check YouTube. Uh, Visit your local library. Nah, Rick Beato has <laughs> got some great videos on all the new uh, things because also Fender and Guitar Center are having uh, are facing bankruptcy issues right now. Yes, and so, because obviously nobody buys anything at Guitar Center except they just go in there to play all the well, instruments. I and bought then, a bass there not too long ago. Okay, well you're the exception to the rule, but like <laughs> that's because I've got disposable income. Think about well, think about this. Like I <laughs> bought, I used to go into Guitar is Center. A, is this a sign that people don't buy things at Guitar Center, or, or the fact that people don't have money to buy things at Guitar Center? It's probably. A little Both. from column A and a little from column B. Um, the thing is, and that guitar hero has ruined what playing guitar is. I that, that's from that. ten no, years ago. Not no, at all. if anything, it got a lot of people into guitar who shouldn't be playing guitar. Exactly. Oh, all right. Um, let's see. Moving on. Uh, Google has got itself into hot water again because uh, the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission. The A triple C. The A triple C. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Oi! <laughs> I see you know how to play knifey spoony. <laughs> is uh, investigating accusations, or sorry, is investigating accusations Google is using about eight, about five hundred eighty million Australian dollars worth of Australian people's phone plan data to secretly track their movements. Oh, this one. We talked about how we talked a couple weeks ago about how some guy. Uh, bought a Google phone, or bought two phones, put two Android phones, put one in airplane mode, the other didn't have a SIM card, drove around D.C., showed how much data they both got, and sent back to home base as soon as they got a network connection. So now, this Australian regulatory agency agency is... Uh, Poking at Google. So basically, what happened is, if you're getting, if you're you're paying for, say, you're paying for two gigs of data a month, and Google's using a, a quarter of that to to spy on you or just keep tabs on you. Right. So that's the problem. It's like, hey, I'm not getting what I paid for. That's true. Yeah. I mean, and, even and if I, I use no data and I'm getting charged for it, <laughs> I think honestly that was a big problem when the iPhone came out uh, because it used so much more data than anyone ever expected. That was also part of the reason why. They offered unlimited data plans and why eighteen the, why iPhones didn't it. work yeah. uh, in a lot uh, in oh, a lot of places initially. And that's how 
and then they gave too many unlimited data plans away, and, and then, then they you fixed had to up have, their network. Then you had to be grandfathered into unlimited data. Right. And I think I know someone still who has unlimited data, but if you do anything with AT&T, you will lose it. They want you off of that planned stat. But if I had unlimited data, my phone would be playing Netflix all the time. Screw them. <laughs> I don't care. Whatever. I get, I'll get the Mophie juice pack. I actually got one already. They were, I didn't know how cheap they were because my phone's battery is garbage. The cool thing, by the way, is a quick tangent. By the way, on quicktangent.com. Uh, and nothing's on the, that website. Well, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll use it. I'm going to uh, hijack it. You anyway, domain squatter. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Um, no, the cool thing about the Mophie Juice Pack is that it turns the lightning port into a, USB th- uh, a mini USB jack. So that you could just plug it into anything. Sounds like huh. Apple problems. It is an Apple problem. Where is it? Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Well. Um, so that was Google. And uh, why don't we take a quick break? No. See, I'm like pressing. I'm pressing too hard on the thing. Anyway. Saffron's. Do you live in New York City? Well, if you do, Pneumonium has a beautiful new product for you. It's called Where Am I? Your five-bottle compass navigator to help you get anywhere from Staten Island to the Bronx. Simply go from www.whereamai.nyc and enable location services on your mobile device to find your closest neighborhood, borough, and three subway stops to you, wherever you are. No ads, no tracking, just geospatial brilliance. That's Where Am I? Brought to you by Pneumonia. Pneumonia, reinventing media daily. Think that ads new any? I mean, I don't think that app's new anymore. But it's new. getting a little. You advertise, to to you advertise it as now. It's grand opening, is it? Everything must go. It's a new it's grand a go, opening. Is it going out of business store and a going yeah, out of exactly. grand opening store? It, exactly. <laughs> no, the name of the store is going out of business. Oh. oh. Okay, fine. You know, we got another new sponsor on the show. How about this instead? Joe's barbecue foot massage. <laughs> I forgot about this. Get some of this shit. You like to eat? America loves to eat. So why not open up somewhere America can sit down, enjoy a meal, and get their feet rubbed? We'll oh, fry man, anything you want this. for $5.99. As long as it's friable or edible, we're going to make it delicious. We will fry parts of the chicken you didn't even know was friable. The beak, the feathers, we'll fry candy bars. All that European stuff that you don't want to do. Ask to fry something other than what they normally fry. Guess what you're going to get? Nothing. If it fit through the dough, I'll put it in the fry. Hell, this is a dinosaur. <laughs> All our meats are gently tenderized to their optimum deliciousness. We got fine dinosaur meat. Took my money, paid me pay child support. Come on down here and get you a slice. <laughs> Once they get your social security number, it's over. Motivated, 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 motivated. So friends, let's just decide you don't want no barbecue. Well, that's fine too. Why not let one of my foot specialists or myself perform our magic? Look at that. Don't they look wonderful? If you really pay me enough, we'll massage your feet in any of these sauces also. Success is the rule down here at Jones. Good ass barbecue and foot massage. <laughs> so go ahead and give me a call or find us on the worldwide internets at the new website. That's J O N E S Big Ass Truck Rental and Store. <laughs> backslash Jones. Good ass barbecue. Good ass. Excuse me, did you call number 52? Did you hear me call number 52? <laughs> How's that? Is that a real place? I want to go so bad. <laughs> it's at 119th and Old Cicero, wherever area code 708 is. Well, we have a <laughs> we have a summer road trip to take. It's in <laughs> Illinois, in southern Will County. Uh, it's a suburb of Chicago. Joe's Barbecue and Foot Massage. Jones Barbecue and Foot Massage. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh my God. Well, you know what? Oh my God. All right. So 
Let me let me actually let me take a quick break. Uh, we're at about an hour ten. Let me take a quick break. I have to put. I've I've been standing up with my foot in an ice bag for the last hour, and now my foot has gone numb, and the ice has melted. So let me go put that back. I'll be right back, and you two do your usual uh, kibitz. We just found out it's from a stand-up skit. Shh. <laughs> Don't ruin the illusion. It was Christian, an illusion to me. you're breaking the fourth wall on the show. It's the internet. We have to explain where memes come from. You don't have to explain where this comes from. You could just let it hang. Uh, we could have played pe- another one for, for next week, but no. Now you ruined it. Good job. Oh, Eric's going to go crazy. Hi, hide your wives. Hide your girlfriend. And hide your kids. Hide your kids. All right, hide your not, wives. Let's not do the, let's not do the accents. Um, okay. Why don't you guys talk about something really quickly, and I'll be right back. Okay. Let's talk about Eric. All right. Well, I just you guys actually did that last time, so let's not because I oh, do, I, I do t- listen to these shows. By the way, I was going to talk about your network. Damn. <laughs> my my what? Your network. Oh, I just scanned your network, and you got a lot of stuff running Selenium. Why do you run so much Selenium? Oh, I just have Selenium <laughs> open in like five tabs. Oh, uh, on this computer. I'm confused why it's also network accessible. It runs on a port. Selenium server runs on port forty four forty four. Oh, you're running Selenium server. You don't have to run it as a server, but you can. I'm not running Selenium directly because it's being used by automation tests. Oh. Which requires Selenium server to be set up. Okay. As well as the Chrome web driver. Also, you're running VNC on most of your computers. <laughs> I just actually activated that because I'm trying to VNC the Performa. Oh, okay. What else? You uh, give me a teardown? I know my stuff. Yeah, I, I, can, te- I can give you no, a teardown. No, actually don't because I need, a, I need my foot is numb. Why don't okay. you talk about something else? We can continue this cavalcade when I get back. Cavalcade. That's a, That's big a good word. Uh, Last time I heard that was actually a Seth MacFarlane uh, series of shorts. <laughs> um, yeah, that was great. Uh, okay. So you toured Brooklyn yesterday. I did. I did a brewery tour. Let's talk about that. Sure. Let's talk about the highlights. What are the breweries you went to? So there was uh, uh, Circa Brewing, Other Half. Where, where, are we, where are these brews at? So Circa Brewing was in Borm Hill. Cool. Which they also had an Eggs Benny pizza. Uh, wow. That was amazing. Not healthy, very tasty. Yes. <laughs> I had nothing to eat, and I was already uh, like three drinks in, so... That is a lot of cholesterol in a meal. <laughs> it was a cheat weekend for me, okay? <laughs> no, no, no. It's just the concept. is like, wow. <laughs> but it sounds delicious. Go on. Oh, it was fantastic. A uh, lot of different beers. So many different beers. I uh, think uh, each individual drank at least a gallon by the end of the night. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so uh, we started at noon. Or to wait till about ten thirty when no brewery was open anymore, <laughs> and uh, so breweries close early. That's interesting, but yeah, Circuit Brewing had some good beers. Other half, like nobody else, seemed to be really digging the IPAs. But I had a sour peach IPA on at Other Half, which is like way down in Brooklyn, like it's uh, pretty far west and pretty far south. But huh. Six Point would have been even further south. Uh, we didn't get to Six Point because they closed. But uh, Other Half, I really like them. There was like, a, if you like your IPAs, good spot. Huh. Uh, trying to think what else was a good spot I don't remember the name of a lot of these more hole in the wall ones but they had some good ones like this one I can't remember the name of they had a beer called the blood of the gods that was good oh and it went to pig beach for dinner oh pig yeah. beach is great yeah so what's uh, what's blood of the gods like uh, so it was a um, brown ale ah but it was a citrusy brown ale citrusy brown yeah I can get with that yeah it's interesting Eric you're back hey 
But oh. he's not on the microphone. I also had a 12% uh, stout that was a white chocolate peanut butter stout. Sounds like candy. Wow. Yeah. How, how did that taste? Fantastic. Did you go to sleep afterwards? No, I continued drinking for another uh, six hours. Jesus Christ. <laughs> how did you get home? I took a lift. Did you remember the lift ride? Yeah. No, actually, I was awake for all of it. Uh, we, we called it pretty early because breweries closed pretty early. Oh. Uh, the night ended around like 10.30. Oh. Yeah. And then you were asleep by 11. Yeah, and then I woke up at around like 4. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, brown ale with citrus. Yeah. What makes it brown? Is it just... just... It's the brown ale. It's the way you brew it. Uh, the amount of hops versus um, barley or something. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, uh, look at look at what I've got over here. Oh, I've got my, yeah, that's right. I've got my usual. Uh... Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, again, you can't chug carbonated beverages. You guys are turning me into an alcoholic. You know that? <laughs> we have that effect on people. <laughs> yeah, you're peer pressuring me into substance use. Abuse. Anyway. Um, Becoming a real New Yorker. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Um, what is it? So, we want to talk about... Uh, want to talk about jobs. I don't have that Nancy Pelosi clip where <laughs> she goes, Jobs, 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 jobs. Do you have a clip of Janet Reno's dance party? <laughs> no, actually. That's funny. <laughs> no, I don't. I just have... Anyway. Or do um, you have... Yeah. No, um... No, not Joni Mitchell. So, let's see. So, we want to talk about finding jobs. We kind of did that last time. We talked about different tech stacks to learn. We talked about the different types of positions that are available for developers. But that was largely, from my purview... Uh, in my view on, uh, on in software development and the slices of the pie that I consume and I think uh, Christian you, you mentioned that it wasn't in- entirely and we didn't have enough time to really talk about everything mm-hmm. it wasn't uh, the real the, the full pie that we should present to people so um, what what is it what how, how I guess the question I'm trying to ask that I'm having a hard time get out getting out maybe because I took this half a drink <laughs> is uh, and effectively that quickly anyway no um what kind of what does your world look like? Because you are very well, much in the systems land, in the services land, and the, you, you yeah. spend all day. I say I draw boxes on the screen. You spend all day looking at text. So, yeah. well, what uh, that and yeah, no, mostly text. Mostly yeah. text. Yeah. So, uh, and you have you need sixteen gigs of RAM to run your programs and terminal. So that's like yeah, well, um, to run everything on the entire platform that we normally run. No, but I'm saying it's just you know it's just kind of we we live in different worlds. So uh, oh, this makes, is a 32 gig machine, good sir. 32 gigs of RAM in there? Yeah. Have you used all 32 gigs of RAM? Uh, when I'm running VMs as containers, yes. Ah. Um, okay. So what are the jobs from your point of view that so, that I didn't I didn't really touch on last I, time? I mean, I think a big part is like. Uh, Interestingly enough, like on the more back endy side, system side, the idea of a tech stack, throw it out the window. There are, there are back end stacks. There are DevOps oh, stacks, but the, there are DevOps uh, stacks. That's uh, different. I'm talking like more from like the uh, systems or like the back endy distributed systems engineering type stuff. Gotcha. You're, you're you're not really focusing on stacks. Uh, Is it just uh, like optimization and algorithms and system level stuff? Yeah, there's a lot of that. 
there's a lot of know your core languages that really make up like a lot of the back end stuff. Which are like uh, I'd say C is a good one anybody should have. Uh, Python is pretty prevalent. Uh, Go is like um, it's that like user space it one to use now. Uh, I'm begrud- begrudgingly looking at Rust lately. What was that? Uh, you sent us this uh, state machine thing. Oh, what Regal. Was that? Oh, Regal. So oh, I Re- thought it was Regal, called Rect. R- Regal. Rect on Regal. <laughs> So Regal, Regal or Regal? Regal. Like Kegel? Yeah. Regal like Hegel. Okay. Yeah. Uh, or big. Probably hurts you in the same spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's used to, um, it's essentially like writing, like uh, JavaScript uh, developers can write ES6 that then compiles down to ES5 that then is interpreted as bytecode. And while Regal can be compiled directly down to bytecode, it's uh, more commonly compiled down to like C or C++ and then embedded in a C or C++ uh, application. Huh. Uh, in order to just do like state machines, so like that's common way to do like advanced uh, string processing. What do you actually use a state machine for? Uh, there's a lot of things. Like uh, a good example is actually um, doing like a uh, stateful uh, master slave transfer. Okay. Uh, so, like, what, give me an example how that would be used. So, if you have one where you need to uh, track uh, between different diffs of like what are the additions and deletions of something. Okay. Then just anything. Uh, yeah, but then you have the state of you have the initial state, and then it's supposed to be like, okay, I'm looking for like what uh, this changes, and then you're into the following state, which is additions, and then you're into uh, and then you wait for the next. Uh, state but what transfer. does Regal offer you that you can't just you can do this in any language, can't you? It's yeah, you can. It's just a DSL that allegedly does a cleaner DSL. Yeah, D- domain specific language. Okay. Yeah. Not digital subscriber line. No, no, no. Because <laughs> you know why not? Why not just reuse acronyms? We ran out of them. We ran out, yeah, just yeah. like IP addresses. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we already have one. We already have like one one acronym that points to other acronyms, just like where they have NAT or one IP we address. We have a lot more than one. No, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it's like an acronym that points to other acronyms, just yeah. like a NAT IP points to other IPs. Anyway. Um, okay, so you're not re- there's not really an emphasis on stacks and stuff to learn from mm. the back-end system sides of things. If anything, a very more mathematics, algos... And you would say that DevOps systems. is kind of somewhere in the middle, where there's still stacks, and DevOps might actually be... I would say be- it's kind of removed, it's kind of its own thing, where you're not really coding anymore so much as, like, you need to still have the, like, systems understanding. Well, aren't you coding? Because you, you have to write scripts for all of these yeah, programs it, to run. Yeah, so, like, uh, at my company, when we interview a DevOps guy, we still give him a coding interview. Okay. What, what what type of is it? A whiteboard interview? No, is uh, it a uh, coder pad, which is, uh, and then we also let them Google. So so this is great. Oh, okay. This is great because you can run your program in the environment. Right. Uh, you have an editor. You can you go Sublime mode, Vim mode, or Emacs mode. So uh, if you're comfortable with any of those, and you do can they use have those. to do it on site while you're watching code? Yeah. Do you sit behind them and you just like, oh, why did you do that? Oh, why did you do that? That would really mess so, me up. In uh, so. We'll give pointers. That's why I like living alone. I need space to create. If they're if it's taking them a little time to uh, come up with uh, an answer, we'll give pointers. Uh, we're perfectly ha- happy to ha- help. What them. if the answer isn't a pointer? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry, I had to. That, um, that was a good one. Thank you. Uh, all yeah. right. So, um, what are the types of algorithms that 
you that you that you use on a day to day basis that you that you're like oh or patterns or something so, that like textbook things not actually in a textbook. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, though. I think architectures are a big one. Um, what do you mean by architectures? Because everything is architected. Well, so you got things like um, certain ways to do replication. You got like uh, message queues stuff like. Do you want well, to do like a topic exchange? Do you want to do like a broadcast? Uh, things like that. Well, the, I guess what I'm getting at is, if someone wanted, let's say, your job, not mm-hmm. your job instead of you having it, you know, somebody what I mean? wanted uh, a job uh, like yours, mm-hmm. working in the bowels of the internet, making it actually work for people. Uh, what type of stuff do they need to know? So, Other than C, Go, yeah, and like on the more algorithmic side, uh, yeah, it, algorithms and patterns. It's, and stuff it's like good that. to just uh, in a very uh, bare bones way understand like algorithmic complexity, so you can be like, oh, this has got big O of N. This okay, so a big O notation, yeah, stuff like that. Then and then get, diving a little more deeper, understanding your sorts is always good. You know, doing like is a, that a um, question that you ask? I'm sorry, no, to, no, um, bubble sort. We don't ask enough, about that. No, we're, uh, we'd probably look for merge sort. It's gonna, yeah, or but, quick sort. Uh, so quick sort is merge sort but memory efficient if I remember I just wanted to say throw bubble sort out there because I think the only place that it's used is in computer science classes yeah so um, anyway but uh, I think uh, one that I I find myself using here there is uh, consistent hashes so a it's a good way to actually be able to do like kind of like a sharding of data to certain uh, a sharding of, of data yeah when it like Almost craps itself and bars at the same time. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Uh, it, yeah. What error code is that? Is that a minus, <laughs> minus poop emoji? <laughs> you can type emojis in the terminal now if you have a button. Yeah, no, floor. you can do. You, I mean, there's a there's a programming language that's all emoji. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Uh, so on, um, so, uh, in the, uh, with consistent hash, uh, you can shard data so that way you have like. Uh, everything that always has uh, key A always goes to this IP address. Everything with key B always goes to this other IP address. Gotcha. Um, do you ask? Do you ask textbook questions like what is indepotence? No. What is currying? No. Can what you is indepotence? Write... Uh, indepotence is a function that can repeatedly run with the same input and it produces the same output. Idempotent is the other way to pronounce it. Oh, oh I... <laughs> well, in English we. Emphasize the second syllable in the word. I had an Eastern European computer uh, science professor tell me that word. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> indepotent. It's like impotent with another int. Anyway, <laughs> uh, well, I'm serious. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, it's basically. I mean, because there are functions that can run with the same input and produce different output based on the state of the machine or based on other things that are going on that are not necessarily dependent on the input variables. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, indepotence is return this plus date dot now. Exactly. That would not yeah. be indepotent or idempotent yeah. um, because it would constantly change. But uh, anyway, I mean, there's other stuff. And this is just stuff that I've been asked in interviews, mm. too. Um, it's like Kanye. It's always Do you ask changing. people about like stuff like etcd <laughs> or um, uh, Redis? or uh, They get points for bringing it up. <laughs> just bringing it up? Yeah. Uh, I don't really give the architecture interviews. Uh, some, uh, we have architects who will give the architecture interviews. How much architecture are you involved in? I'm in, involved in, if I'm brought onto a project, I'll do an uh, architecture. Like, uh, there's one uh, project I've been on currently where we're trying to figure out a way how to do um, kind of like grouping together SSL connections. So we only huh. have to have one certificate for multiple connections. I've got an idea for you. Blockchain. Just blockchain them all together. Uh, I, I gotta go. You gotta go like the language. No, I I, I, I gotta leave. God, that was. I'm not whoa. gonna see. I'm not applying for a job at your company. Whoa. I'll stick to drawing boxes on a screen. Uh, anyway, what were you? Uh, what did you have for Etsy as an interview? Etsy D. 
Etsy D. Sorry. And, and the only thing that I've interviewed with Etsy is I've you, I've had uh, Etsy search as a homework uh, or coding question or coding challenge at interviews, where and this is I've seen this multiple times where you Etsy have to, the company. Or yeah, it? no, you have to yeah. use their API to query. It's either it's you. It's either nine times out of ten, it's either Etsy or Flickr. Okay. It's the same thing with different technology, with different branding, for the same for different companies, but it's the same. And that's what I don't like about these interviews, at least from my end, mm-hmm. is that when they give you an, in, in, uh, an on-site challenge or they give you some kind of homework, the homework is mostly the same, but it's just different enough to where you can't use it on multiple projects. So if you're going through something like you're going through an interview marathon, they all give you these homeworks, so you should be able to use one for another one. This isn't college. You don't graduate so this with a degree. You're this, giving them free labor. This does remind me of... Of, uh, which I have to sorry I have to point out which free labor <laughs> is all about this book that I got in Portland called the communist manifesto uh, by uh, Corral Marx is that new and now men in suits are gonna be breaking down your door yes yeah, like uh, let's see I think the FCC is coming <laughs> it is only fair that I warn the reader who anticipates being sure I'm not reading the communist manifesto on the show I'm sorry. <laughs> I was I, definitely supposed to read that for my college degree. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are from California, so in international uh, relations. Yeah, there you go. Um, I definitely got better grades when I read the Spark Notes instead of books. But check <laughs> ch- check this out. Uh, here's an article from the L.A. Times, which is not anything like the New York Times. Uh, speaking about West, um, algorithms are coming for their jobs, so workers are teaching themselves algorithms. Because people who are in fear of being or losing their jobs to automation are just learning how to automate themselves out of a job. Oh, yeah. I wash cars during the day, and I'm sure that the car wash is going to get automated. So I memorized Pythagoras' theorem. I'm good now. Dude, Pythagoras' theorem is not an algorithm. <laughs> it was a well, joke. <laughs> technically, any series of steps can be an algorithm. There's no steps to that. There's many steps to the it's Pythagorean theorem. A squared theory. plus B squared Those equals C steps. squared. Those aren't steps. Those, Those are, are variables. Yeah, how do I get C squared? Right function, Pythagorean, arguments, A, B, C... Return their no, steps. You'd have a, a, B, and then you'd have to assert that it equals C. Uh, it'd be like the unit test would be the equals C squared. Hmm. Yes, I, I still hate unit tests, but I, I, you know, in the bottom line, no one liked my joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, Tyler. It's okay. Can't wah, win wah, them all. Um, what is it? Yeah. So, um. I, I don't know. What do you What do you think about so that? So how people workers, are learning so, com- are, are, are learning algorithms to automate themselves out of jobs, and eventually, when they say, "Well, what did you do today?" They won't have anything to say, and then they'll get laid off. Yep. Well, I mean, it's it's hard because like I, I trying to put myself in their shoes. Like I remember uh, first coding test I had for Facebook uh, back before we knew that they were evil. Um, I mean, uh, I never liked Mark Zuckerberg. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, it was actually a really, uh, interesting question. I had to implement a series of classes that would represent dinosaurs, and oh. then I'd have to sort them based on height into an array. What type of sort did you use? Merge sort. Right. Because it's easy to know, because you don't have to deal with the memory efficiency stuff. Did you have to write out the merge sort function by hand? Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Part of, I'm sure that's part of the... Yeah. Um, did you have to write PHP code for your Facebook interview? I did C. You did C? Yes. Was that an option, though, for PHP? Not, I never thought you'd work at a you'd interview at a place that not PHP my position, for their stuff. But they wanted me to interview for a second position. What and, position were you interviewing for? Uh, systems programmer. And uh, you wouldn't be touching PHP? I would have been doing C, C plus plus, or Hack, or, and then they introduced. Isn't Hack they, they were PHP? Introducing a little bit ago. Uh, it's like 
PHP and Java had an abomination of a child. Great. Great. <laughs> Great. Yeah, that's, that's, oh, two wonderful languages coming together like that. Anyway, um... As automation becomes ubiquitous, education startups such as, whatever, uh, well, I mean, I guess we'll listen. We're giving people advice. Udemy, Coursera, and General Assembly, I think we were talking about Linda earlier, lynda.com, are positioning themselves as the nexus between today's workforce and tomorrow's jobs. I, mean, I don't have anything against uh, General Assembly, and I don't know much about Linda, but... You don't like Coursera? Coursera and Udemy. I, I have no actual issues with them, aside from the fact that they spam you on YouTube. Every single What do you mean ad. on YouTube? What? Oh, all, oh, all of the ads that you get are for them? Yeah. It's always Maybe like... Maybe you need to go back to code school, t- uh, Chris. No, they're always like, hey, do you want to brush up on your Python skills? And I'm like, no, I don't. I oh. do it every day. Well, maybe you're not skilled enough. Uh, I don't know. I'm you not the one skills. giving you these ads. Unlike traditional college programs that can take anywhere from two to four years and tens of thousands of dollars, these online schools frame themselves as like vocational programs for the Silicon Valley set. They offer training in a whatever. Um, well, now now I've heard of these coding schools that are coding schools to get into the coding schools. Really? Yeah. This in, that industry needs to go away. Yeah. The thing is, um, I I don't know. Whatever. It, it was like some coding school that was like, we guarantee that you'll get into a coding school. I believe. Oh, it. that's great. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Just pay us some money and we'll not do anything because you'll probably still get in. Um, yeah. So, okay, uh, your stuff is basically C-based system-level stuff. You have to know, like... like I do some C, some C++, some Go. Like, my day-to-day is mostly in Go and Python, but I also touch a fair bit of C or C++. Like, the other day, I was looking through some HA proxy code to understand how it does SSL termination. Gotcha. Gotcha. Tyler, you haven't said anything in in a while. You have anything to add? I was talking. (laughs) <laughs> but no, I'm good. Oh, okay. Cool. Anything more, Robin? No. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so what other what other jobs are there in the back end of web services that uh, that are valuable? I mean, back end programmers do typically make more in salary than front end, despite the fact that I you're not... I don't feel that's entirely true anymore. I feel like they've kind of evened out. That's good. Yeah. Because I don't... I mean, I love programming and I love computers I mean, talking to each other, but a lot of what you do does not interest me. I and mean, I hope you don't mind me mentioning this on the air, but you no, do... You no, do, no, 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 That's fine. Let's not talk about that. Okay. I thought you were going to... I do... I, you know, I, I, the IRS might be listening. No. <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> No. Um, anyway, I look. I am very much used to having to pay the IRS like hundreds of dollars every month, so I'm glad I was able to turn this around. But that's another story. Um, okay. Uh, so what other what what is the inter- what are the interviews like? You've given interviews. What are the interviews mm-hmm. that you've given like? Do they require a coding tests? They all yeah. So uh, the way we structure it at my company is we have uh, there's like the initial phone screening with the uh, recruiter. Then there's like a uh, tech team manager scre- screening, which is like. Most of these big, fairly standard stuff. How's this guy? Do, uh, like, uh, how's this guy like feel to work with? Uh, is like what that does, and then they actually come in. Uh, th- so there's a, f- a handful of, of discussion, but interview st- uh, steps. There's uh, myself and a remote guy giving the code, uh, the actual coding test. Gotcha. Uh, then we've got like uh, two, two DevOps guys. Uh, so uh, it'll usually flip for like a DevOps uh, engineer. Uh, we'll actually send in uh, two DevOps sessions and one, and then like. Doing the coding test, 
uh, on the back end, guys, uh, it'll be like uh, myself and uh, my co- colleague on the coding test, and then we have uh, like uh, another one that's like a bit more whiteboarding, problem solving. So you still have the whiteboarding tests? Yeah. Ah, uh, I and hate those. Then on all of them, we have our architect team uh, come in and ask them to architect a couple systems here or there. I remember. And then I we hate- have RVP of engineering with cultural fit stuff. Yeah, yeah. which. I have a... Well, there's two things I want to add to that. One, I have a very nice trend of getting to the last interview with the CTO and him booting me out. <laughs> and usually when that happens, the CTO is Israeli. And I don't... And my... Whoa, my no, And my BS jokes don't work with Israelis. I've been to Israel. I've had Israeli landlords. I've had Israeli clients. I have family in Israel. And I'm telling you, they are never happy. They, the best you get is a begrudging smile. Like, they don't want to accept the emotion that their body is producing. They're trying to <laughs> hold it back and just be like, all right, fine, fine. So my, my all of my BS jokes that I love doing in interviews, they just don't work. Because, you know, he's been through the military. He's seen some real stuff. Anyway, it's another story. Uh, Tyler, what is your interview experience like? Uh man, interviews are interesting these days. Because you still do you still go on like the five stage interviews that we Christian basically just described. I think uh, they're pretty standard in our industry. Yeah, um, yeah, they're they're really interesting. Some of them are um, at this point, you know, you, you get you get interesting questions. Um, you start off with, like what? What's with, a, what's okay, a, what's so you start off with your basic level, kind of like entry level. Uh, you, you know, you you certainly have like your. Um, palindrome situation kind of questions. Um, Which is what? Write a function that yeah. determines if a string is a palindrome? Yeah. yeah. Uh, palindrome is a, th- a thing I'll uh, ask usually on interviews, actually. Okay. Yeah. Uh, except we'll give sentences, not words. No, so but wouldn't have, like, the algorithm punct- be the same for Well, that? no, you have like punctuation to deal with and like capitalization. Well, they're all characters. Does that make a difference? You gotta figure out, okay, I gotta remove a space here, you gotta ignore this special character. But the palindrome should have the spaces Next. in it. Next! No. No? No. Why? It's like... Uh, so it's only the letters uh, a that man, have to a be... Amanda Plan Panama. You know that one? Oh, okay. So you don't... So palindromes don't Amanda have to Planet be... Canal. Yes. I know what you're talking about. That was a good Fall of Choice song. Um, what is it? No, so that's... It. So, so palindromes don't need spaces, but you still have to... Okay, that makes sense. Is regex in the answer? No. Is it just iteratively going through the string? Yeah. And just ignoring characters, doing like a half string loop from either direction, and then finding out if all those characters are the same. Yeah, and, and then we'll ask them how they optimize it. And it's how do you optimize that? It's about thinking through. There's no real answer to that. Well, other than the fact that you would just go, you'd have two loops that go. Or you have one loop that goes through half of the string, and then you'd have another index that goes backwards through it. Yeah, you could do that. What's the optimized way? The well. There's no real optimized way to okay. uh, it. We asked them that to be like, okay, uh, what, it's ba- what, how would you approach But it's basically less that? than O of N. It's like O of it's like O of N over two. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's probably I feel like that's pretty good. There's probably somebody who really knows strings that can do something. But well, yeah. here's the thing with those whiteboard tests uh, for heartbeat, Tyler. I got into an argument during our interview. <laughs> I mean, we weren't interviewed together, but during my interview, someone was like, "How do you?" I think it was a palindrome thing, or it was something where. He was like, how do you do this with the fewest lines of code? Or the, No, he said the most efficient way. He didn't say fewest lines of code. And I wrote out a whole solution that had a complexity of something like O of, like o of N. And 
he wrote he was like no there's a better way you can do this and he wrote out one line of javascript that had three o of n methods chained to each other and he's like see this is simpler and i explained to him in terms of algorithmic complexity mm -hmm. which i thought would be a trick question in the interview and i was like no actually while mine is more lines yes it actually is more efficient because each of your function calls iterate through the whole array mm -hmm. and he he eventually bought my argument and then he hired me because he was like, wow, I didn't... Anyway, I don't want to toot my own horn, but that was like... That's the type of BS that you have to deal with in well, these whiteboard interviews. It sounds interviews. like a miscommunication. Like, yeah, yeah. No, it was that people think the that these native JavaScript functions are fast. And yes, while they're optimized, they're not more optimized than perhaps something that you can write on your own, given the specific yeah. data set and context at hand. Exactly. There's that. And particularly in the web world, I feel, uh, there's a lot of people who are perfectly happy just trusting something that they're given versus understanding that the underlying code. Yes. But if you're talking about a complexity of O of N versus a complexity of O of 3N, I mean, that's yeah. a big enough difference, especially no, in a job interview. Exactly. And then there's also the, uh, the fact that... Uh, where was I going with this? Oh, uh, there's some people who uh, will lean just towards like, oh, well, this is one line. Yeah, no, and that's what he was doing. He was, yeah. but, but I had to, like, I, I almost couldn't believe it. Because, you know, because I grew up writing linked lists by hand. Yeah. Like, I've had to... Like, you came from the classic computer science exactly. education, yeah. So to explain to him, yes, it's more lines, but it's actually more efficient. I don't know. Maybe he went to one of these code schools. Probably. Anyway, go on with your interview uh, stuff. So we all agree that whiteboards are garbage. We don't like doing them. And they're not really representative of your coding ability. Actually, the one that I do like is... And because um, I'm left-handed, I smear all of the stuff that yeah. I write. Anyway... The one I do like is uh, uh, whiteboarding, uh, make a, a queue out of stacks. Ooh. Yeah. So you don't even have to write code to this. You can just explain how you would like p push and pop off of the uh, uh, stacks to build a queue. And how would you do that? So you got to... Uh, you just you just pop and push. You, you, so you, the, pop, you uh, pop and end the, queue. So the push always works. Uh, but then on the pop, you have to pop everything and place them back. And uh, revert, uh, basically in reverse order. Oh, yeah. So you'd have to like reverse the stack. So you pop everything and you uh, push back onto another stack that is in reverse order. Hmm. And then you po uh, pop that. Interesting. And then you have to reverse the stack back. But that's not efficient. Or Reversing keep, the stack or takes you a lot keep of. So that's where the optimization comes in. You can keep track of what direction that stack's in. Oh, and then you just so you don't actually move the data around. You just move the pointer around. The, for the index, you don't have to do yeah. the you don't have to do the sec the second reversal. You, you still have to do one reversal every time. That's good. Yeah, that's good. I like that. See, that's the type of stuff that gets you jobs. <laughs> um, what uh, what, I what's got a I got asked to implement a um, like something similar, but something similar, but you're just like a stack of like a stack of uh, cards. You can only have like it doesn't matter what type of card you can just have ten cards like mm -hmm. and and if you're and once you get past ten you got to make a new stack and you just have push and pop. Okay, so yeah, similar. Yeah, and then uh, I got another one where implementing uh, oh God a hash hash table. Okay, a hash it, table or a hash map. Hash table uh, in JavaScript using no objects. Differences uh, tables uh, uh, preserved order maps are unordered. Ah. Uh. But aren't objects basically hash maps in JavaScript? In well, the whole part of the hash yes. table was it was its performance. Actually, no, JavaScript, uh, it's ordered, so technically it's a hash table. Oh, well, okay, so isn't that what you wanted anyway? Oh, without yeah, using objects. Yeah, it's performance, yeah, but no objects. So two arrays. 
Yeah. And then more. What do you mean, and then more? Well, so the uh, correct, the correct, the computer science way to do it is actually you hash a key, and that key always points to a specific value based on the hashing algorithm. Yeah, right. That's oh, so you the mean point. the hashing so you, algorithm? Yeah. Yeah. So you oh, make okay. it like a, a set. Ver- yeah. You set. You make the array a set length like hundred right. long and yeah. Pipe it through. Uh, Using modulo. MD5. It's a good hash. One way hash. That'll work. Minus the collisions, but you know. Um, okay. What is uh, what is a partial application? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's good that we're having these. These are real interview questions that I've been asked that uh, us who are really skilled programmers don't read the dictionary. So, a uh, partial application is a whole application applying a function to all of its arguments. Sorry, whereas a whole application is, a, is applying a function to all of its arguments. A partial application applies a function to some of its arguments and the function gets returned for later use. JavaScript-y. <laughs> it's a very, it's a standard thing. It's a oh, functional yeah, no, programming. It's definitely functional programming. Basically, stuff, but... it just cha- takes a function with multiple parameters and changes it to a function with fewer parameters. But it's not the same as currying, which is which is a function that takes a series of parameters and then changes it to a series of functions, each with one parameter. Yeah. So a partial application does what? I just explained it to you. What does it say? So in a partial application. Uh, Given a, uh, a function of uh, n parameters, you have uh, n minus uh, x parameters right. uh, returned. It returns it returns a function with fewer parameters than you pass to it. Yeah, so you can do like um, a good model of that is uh, I didn't know this terminology, but I actually do do this in Go occasionally, where I have a function that uh, takes in a bunch of arguments and I create a config. I can create a, fi- a config object for it first, and then I return the one that just looks to the config object. Do you return an object or a function? Uh, so the key uh, to a partial app is you yeah, return a function. Okay, so I usually just return the config thing that then gets passed into the uh, other uh, function. Cause that's I, not a partial app. I though. know. I, I don't do much functional programming, though. But I, you could do it such that you re, you return the function that actually... So you could do something like uh, you have a config constructor that takes in a bunch of arguments, uh, instantiates a config object, but then you have a function that will actually return like uh, th- that particular config object. Would a factory model be like a partial app? Because it's feasibly the constructor takes a bunch of arguments and it returns a con- and it can returns a function. So the difference is a factory is supposed to return an object. It's an object. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then I don't I like I don't have a use for currying, but everyone seems to love saying the word currying, which I like. Curry. It's a pain. <laughs> but like I never came up with a I never had a problem and said oh let me take this function and transform with multiple variables and transform and it into a series of functions with a single variable. I'm, it's not, only, I'm not a fan of functional programming, period. Well, that's the future. I mean, Korean comes about no, when you're... It's, it was the past, and then it was the future, and then Well, it was now the it's the present of JavaScript. Yeah. I think it's for building libraries is where you use it the most. I can see that. Particularly JavaScript, you got that require function. That makes a lot of sense, actually. That's, yeah, but that's ES6-y. Not even ES6. That's just Node. Oh yes, and, like, it is. Browsers that you package. There's yeah, the import speaking statement. of speaking of Node, that was another interview question that I got. Uh, writing the whole uh, event loop, you event said? loop, and uh, that, that's understandable. I think you should know your runtime. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, no, you should, and that's one. Of, and honestly, that's a real deficit a in my segment. area. I need more JavaScript server side programming. Mm-hmm. I had a real heart to heart with another developer that I work with the other day, and. Uh, he, I, and I mentioned, like, listen, I really need to get into... I don't care for it, but I need to really broaden my stack since uh, PHP nobody cares about anymore. 
and I need to still call myself a full stack developer. And he said, well, get into Node, and I need to because I like while I could memorize the event loop, I don't really do anything that uses it. Mm -hmm. So, and I, you, I classically need something to do in order to write something that uses the thing that I want to learn, and I don't know what I would write that uses the Node event loop. Where am I, part two? You know, that died because of Elasticsearch, not because of Node. Well, that was to do the geocoding stuff. Well, that's the whole app. Yeah. That's the whole app. Uh, you can move that over to... Even Mongo does geocoding. And I mean, realistically, I could probably just use some kind of Node MySQL proxy. Oh, yeah. yeah. But that's another story. Um, not even proxy, it's just a client. SQLize. Uh, yeah, SQLize is yeah. a good uh, ORM. Uh, let's see. There's... Uh, Programming caches or implementing caches. That's usually a so like, question. Like an LRU cache type thing? Yes. Yeah. Sounds like we're getting close to a part two here. Well, this is the part two. Uh, Three. Oh, yeah. There was one thing. I was asked in an interview to write out the whole uh, Redux life cycle. And, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I get that all the time. And it's funny because because I there's a diagram of it on some website and I studied the diagram and so in the interview I just drew the diagram for them with like from photo memory rather than like actually knowing what the things oh, were oh you're just the worst <laughs> yeah but guess what I mean I didn't get the job but it worked yeah so what do you say it's usually like a simple answer for me I say what it says here. Isn't it like yeah, you uh, you, you have your you UI trigger that triggers uh, like an action creator, which which create which triggers an async action uh, via dispatch, Too which long. then has which then goes into the middleware, which is where you would Too make long. your AJAX calls. That goes AJAX calls go back to the action that goes that hits the root reducer, which changes the Redux state, which then notifies the subscribers of the changes in state, mm. which then goes back to the connector, which is map state to prox or the connect function in your React component, and then. Goes Goes back into map state to prox and prox, which updates your view. That's the whole Redux lifecycle. You're gonna love mine, and people love mine too. <laughs> which is which is what? I and mean, just like, oh yeah, you have a bunch of actions. It's basically like their name stuff, and those are actions that you fire off, and then uh, those those take new data and the action name, and then they they uh, um, they trigger a uh, uh, they trigger a reducer, and that updates the action that returns a new version of the state with the new data. What about the middle? And one? then the store hooks See, that. I, whole, I, I wait, wait, be... I'm not done. And the store hooks that whole thing up, and then the dispatcher fires it off. So I'd like his answer, just because it shows that he has an understanding. He didn't memorize uh, the diagram. Yeah, but I didn't want to give. I wanted to give a thorough you answer. You lost me. Yeah. Three that. sentences in, you so, were still no, talking I, about. I, the, I would also be like, okay, you're right. The action. I, I wouldn't take points off for that, but I'd be like, I, I like this guy's. So if I if I was an uh, interviewer. And I or interview, you would prefer interview. his answer, yeah, huh? So if I had to pick, okay, I can only hire one of you guys. I'd go with the guy who is able to give in his own words. Well, good job, answer. Tyler. Thank good you. Job. Yes. Okay. Um, let's see what else. Well, I have you, this. I've done that for when I ask about Go runtime stuff. What is a what is a pure function? Isn't that just like a function that uh, only uh, takes in? Oh, oh, it, it'll like given a um, particular var um, a parameter, it'll always return the same uh, value. Yes, it's Take related to indepotence. Oh, or it, oh wait, that's a different definition. Because I'm used to pure function. The, my understanding of a pure function is it takes in a value, it returns a value, it doesn't change anything else in the program. Actually, both of those are correct. Yeah, good job. Good cool. job, Tyler. It sounds like you're I, ready to get a gig. <laughs> so, so. I didn't know. I didn't know that meaning was a different meaning of pure. So that's those are the those are the well, two. And also, a pure function hasn't been cut with baking soda. 
Baking soda, not baking powder, remember? Because baking powder guys love muffins going out of the nose. Oh my god. <laughs> Scary movie one, don't forget it. So good. Um What about what about web workers and web sockets? Do you I mean, ask about that? Where, I'm well, a web worker. Not in my, it's my okay. but it's like, it's pretty that's good. like asking well, about it's a like, JavaScript thing, I guess. But it's like, like asking about like I guess open T C P connections and like threads would be the equivalent. Okay. I, I have like, a, what's a question that you ask about threads? So uh, I I asked to kind of discuss differences between certain concurrency models. So like uh, ask like can you tell me like a thread versus a process versus an async I/O loop versus a, a, a Go routine or like a um, is a Go uh, routine not a thread or uh, not exactly or similarly there's um Erlen's does the Go thing. runtime oh that's actors. a process. So go runtime, uh, it, go runtime. It, it spins up its own process, but then it has like a, uh, like the number of by default, it's the number of CPUs and the number of threads in the go runtime. Okay. And then on, or, which also means cores, right? Yes. No? Yes. Okay. And then um, uh, it'll schedule go routines onto those threads, though. So that uh, ah. it, it multiplexes the threads by saying, "Okay, I've got a thread not doing any work. Let me get a go routine on there." And it, it stays on there unless it goes into uh, a, a runtime-supported I/O, so which uh, newer Go that's all I/O, or if it's like you, you sleep the Go routine, it'll go off the Go routine, uh, go off the thread rather. Gotcha. Um. Okay. What What's another thing that you really grill people about in your interviews? Um. So I don't containerization guess, that type of stuff. Uh, that's like with DevOps guys, but DevOps yeah, they stuff. do that. Uh, they do things like. Um... So okay, I guess I guess let's we, let's let's try to wrap it up by saying uh, if you want, it sounds like there's three places you can go. You could be a services systems programmer like you. You could be a DevOps person or a uh, front end person. It's kind of like that also back end web guy. That they write Node, like APIs. Okay, uh, right. Yeah. APIs. There's architecture stuff. What would you recommend people look at to get a job in your sector of the tech industry? Uh, understand Linux. Also machine learning. Oh, yeah, machine learning, too. Uh, like, really? Do you ask people about machine learning in interviews? No. I'm saying, like, that's another field, though, that, like, well, there's all these, and then there's... But that's just, but, that's just systems and, like, programmers, and, like, data really? science, but... Oh, no, data the, science, okay, I guess. But, like, uh, systems programming, I'd say... Um, it's good to understand the OS. That's uh, usually pretty important, uh, which I guess concurrency falls falls under the OS and all those. Um, and um, having a strong mathematical background always helps too. Yes. Yeah. That's something that you really don't need on the front end. Yeah. It's math. <laughs> I mean, it's. I mean, look, it's really useful if you do know math. But that's definitely something that, in my experience, I've seen. Pete, it's not a requirement. It's really sad. And that's why some sites take thirteen seconds to load. Yes. <laughs> Well, and the other thing is, I try to explain numbers then to people when they when you talk about dimensions and you talk about just any numbers that you use. Yeah. It's just like there should be a good zen about the numbers that you use, and you shouldn't be using prime numbers for dimensions on anything, unless that number is one, or two, or zero, hmm. or three. Yeah, maybe not three. One or two. I like even numbers and and, and factors of five. Um, anyway, what what about you, Tyler? If I someone wanted a job in your sector of the market, what would you recommend that they? Uh, Oh, great question. Great question. Okay. First thing I Was would it say, really a great question? Yeah. Okay. Uh, first thing I would do, if you are going to go job hunting right now, pick your perspective language, go on YouTube, and put in that language and programming questions. 
go right now. Don't go somewhere else. This is. I, I know that tutorials on YouTube suck. I, I, I went there. Um, YouTube's quality has gotten a lot better, but you know when I was learning to code in 2012, 2013, following a YouTube tutorial, it sucked because the code never actually worked. There was a new version, yada yada. But so, something you can do, you go and go and say, hey, what is a uh, you know JavaScript interview questions, Ruby interview questions, and you'll get a top ten, and you'll get someone explaining stuff, and you'll get you'll get someone verbalizing that, and just hearing someone talk about that code is things that you need because you need to practice that. And then also, um, well, actually, you 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 came up with a you. You, you uh, mentioned something really important. It's not just watching somebody talk about it, but you have to have you have to you have to get that kind of confidence about the subject, just like they have it. Yeah. So you, when in your job interview, not you personally, Tyler, but the royal you, your your job interview. Uh, you have to really have some bravado, and you have to really, really sound like and convince the people that you know this stuff, and not just like you went to what Tyler just said, YouTube it and memorize what they told you. Well, that's a, YouTube's a good way to to get a a, a quick like top ten, top twenty. 30, 40, 50 questions that you're going to get. And then here's someone verbalize the answers and explain why you're going to get these answers. Right. Um, which is what you need. And then another thing that I really learned, um, or that I've, that I've certainly learned from, from interviewing, is that um, going out there, the, the interview process is a learning process. It is a skill. Not only that, um, you're going to get asked the same thing tons of different times. And and those different ways are actually going to improve you. I learned something, and you know, it's been it's been to the point where I've learned something in an interview that uh, I I've, I've answered the same question or slightly different question ten times, and, and then heard it asked me one different way, or heard the answer a different way, and then all of a sudden something clicked. Someone asked me, "What is the difference between a closure and a promise?" Eric, and what is the difference between a closure and a promise, Tyler? I didn't know it. Do you know it? Yes. A promise returns a value. A promise is asynchronous, and a closure is not. No, a promise returns well, value. A, a promise is a uh, actual object that has a bunch of handlers that let you uh, supplement. What, but a closure is just a, a scope abstraction. It's yeah. not. It doesn't mean anything. A closure is just a function within a function. Right. It's a scope abstraction. And in you JavaScript, change, that's true. And you can what? In JavaScript, that's true. Isn't that true in most languages because they have block level scope? Not scheme. Or list. Who uses scheme? Okay. Colleges. <laughs> a- anyway. Uh, Oh, that was... right. JavaScript was supposed to be Scheme for the In browser. The browser yeah. right. right. Okay. Anyway, I would still say that generally, a closure does not imply any sort of synchronicity, but promises by default are asynchronous behavior. That was not the answer they were looking for. But that's I, correct. I, I would, that would be like one of those not wrong, but... It, I can understand why it's not the answer. It's a scope abstraction that doesn't imply any sort of synchronicity, I, while promises always the imply big, asynchronous okay, well, behavior. Okay, well, the big difference in, in, the in utilization, what am I focusing on? the big difference is how they're utilized is there is that promises return a value. And closures don't. Well, closures can just change. A promises a promise don't return a value. Is, I mean, it's a return function. What? No, a promise itself is an object that, uh, uh, yeah. It's a function. Uh, uh, no, sorry, 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 it is there, an object. Yes, because the, prom- the promise function is a constructor. Right, no, you're right, sorry, yeah. my bad. You're right, it returns an object, but... And then it has the method dot then, or, <coughs> then, or like right. dot finally. Well, you have to pass a function into it. Yeah. Right. That has not, that's completely different from a closure. Yeah, absolutely. That's a very different thing. But, yeah, so the biggest thing, though, is... Who confuses get, that? Something. That question came from somewhere. Who made that mistake? <laughs> what idiot You're made right. that mistake? You're right. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, these don't come from, you know, this guy. Uh, so, yeah. well, well, just the fact that promises, the big deal with promises is that they... they we get it. You, f- you, you dug penis.com, cool. Christian. No, even better. What'd you dig? 
Uh, I can't uh, say this one on the air. Okay, well, we can save that for 10 but more minutes once we're off Suffice it to say, it involves your name. Is it eric.isgay.com? That was really funny in 2001. No, but that's interesting to know. Yes, anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, here's, here's, here's a stumbling block. If you're over 30, like us, Tyler, my, I turned 31 on Thursday. Oh, oh. Oh, I turned 31. They're gonna take away your license. Oh my god, I'm so old. Is this the country kitchen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is this the country kitchen buffet? I'm really hungry. Oh no, so... Come uh, here, Billy! Come kill Grandpa! <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you're over 30, you're too old for tech jobs. Oh, South Park. In China. That's right. We talk about ageism in technology. Can't we talk about in China? We talk about how, how ageism is rampant in technology, and 40 really seems to be a big cutoff here, but 30 is the big cutoff in China because imagine a whole country and running off of these... And big framework because they can't write Facebook stuff and have React. Okay. But, it's true. Okay, but imagine a whole country that has the startup mentality of you work all the time and you're basically working for nothing but there's the chance that your thing is going to make it and the only way that you can really do that and not have to worry about your health or your wife or your family is if you're basically under 30 for the most part and so because of that it sounds a like lot the whole of, world up to like 150 years ago well yes but you get what i'm Honestly, saying it's still kind of true <laughs> in the startup world when you think about it like who can like if you're talking like early stage startup most can, of them are under 30 yeah, uh, and no, I'm actually leaning more towards who can actually take that amount of risk. Ah, who doesn't own or rent property? Who right. doesn't have a family? Also, sounds like the I mean, who industry. also who also isn't incredibly jaded by their experience in the industry and then wants to take some more time for personal personal time because they realize that life is more than sitting behind a computer and developing scoliosis. Yeah, it's going to be the 21, 22 year old. Exactly, yeah. just like we used to be. Yeah. I mean, I've been on three failed startups in ten years, not counting pneumonium, and that's why. <laughs> and that's why. <laughs> well, we'll see within the next we'll three years. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. either going to be a very happy or very depressed forty-year-old. But the thing is, is that <laughs> um, yeah, there's no middle ground. But the thing is, is that if you're thirty and I'm thirty and Tyler's thirty, uh, that you can't even. We're not I mean, all they, thirty right now. They say this. Most people in their 30s, and this is in China, most people in their 30s are married and have to take care of their family. They're not able to focus on the high-intensity work. If a 35-year-old candidate isn't seeking to be a manager, the hiring company wouldn't even give their CV a glance. Are they saying that managers are an easier job, then? Well, it's that they're not going to burn out. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to do the sweatshop coding labor that we all did as part of startups in our 20s. That's maybe true. maybe I misread that that communist manifesto book that you got in Portland. Communist. Uh, I, I don't if they're communist in China, then I don't understand why they need startups. Well, I mean, if there's communists, well, if they're actually communists, why do they need computers? So there's yeah. the whole issue that no country's ever been actually communist. Right. I know. Communism think doesn't about actually work unless of, everyone lives about, in a teepee. Think about well, the hundred million no. people that died under Lenin. Uh, they were the he was theory. so close to pure communism. If he just had killed 200 million people, <laughs> <laughs> then he, they'd actually get there. Well, according to Karl Marx's theory, the only way communism Mooch happens... Mooch off of your brother and then complain about the economy? No. That's, that's, his, that's been his theory. <laughs> it's um, it's more so uh, the ca- uh, the fall of capitalism, which would mean that capital, uh, capitalist uh, markets would have to crash to an unreparable amount, and then at that point, it would be like nobody would have interest in money. Now, the thing is, is that did fiat mm. currency really exist when he wrote that? 
Um, I feel we had left the gold standard by then. That was the seventies, so no, I don't think so. Really, we left. The, Nixon took us off the gold standard. No, I know. And Marx was like, what, like thirty? The Communist Manifesto the, was from like the thirties, Yeah. So no. So what I'm saying is, is that whatever. This and is not why did pimps still use the gold standard? Well, I mean, I mean, gold is okay. no. There's a reason. Why? Because it looks better. No. It's when you get arrested, they confiscate cash. Ah, give oh. back your jewelry. Hence, pips go- pips wear gold, and have gold teeth. Yeah, that's my TIL for today. Thank you, Tyler. I need to go get some gold. <laughs> you plan on getting arrested? Get a grill. <laughs> get a nice, get a nice grill, Christian. What are you doing this summer, dude? <laughs> <laughs> This summer vacation, I had a lot of fun. <laughs> this summer vacation, I went to the city. <laughs> this summer vacation, I forgot New York City guns. So, back back to the back to the story. They say working in tech is like being a professional athlete. Well, you know, you know, there's not too many people athletes over forty who are actually really still, except for Tom Brady. Wait, uh, I wish I had a press conference after my job. What? Yeah. Like the NBA press conferences. Oh, that would be nice. <laughs> uh, no, but I, we just I, uh, played a good game out there. It's tough. Uh, we did all we, we do. We weren't, we weren't going to make the deadline. Um, project some, manager was really riding us, but we, really, we made it. Needed a couple more deploys in the late quarters, but uh, <laughs> that's funny. Um, I don't know enough sports to make a joke there. Oh, <laughs> uh, you did. You did the. the I did offside the joke. Yeah, he he made a football joke earlier. My dad guys. is a huge football fan. He's huge. T- and I'll tell you something. He's a Giants and Dolphins fan, but I'll tell you. That's weird. Oh, I, he's a uh, Giant why? Dolphin fan. <laughs> he's a, no, because we're from New York and South Florida. That makes perfect sense. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess. Loves Ace Ventura. Would you rather we rooted for the Jets? Yes. Yeah, because we want it. Anyway. Because <laughs> <laughs> we want it. Never mind. I'm not saying so that. This isn't a sure. Boston house? <laughs> no. <laughs> you want to go see the Patriots? <laughs> go cheer for Tam Brady? Is that your Boston accent? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Oh, I, I've known many people from Boston that don't sound like that. Uh, <laughs> no, this is no, whoa, whoa, whoa. no. This is four beers in, aka maybe ten, you four beers no, no, in, no, and no, they're like, no, okay, no, buddy. no. This is four beers in, aka ten a.m. Boston. Ah, uh huh. Anyway, try a wicked odd, brah. There you go. Um, <laughs> let's see. All right. So let's. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we end with one last. Last article about getting a job. This guy. Oh wait, can you play the Offspring song? <laughs> it's licensed. We can't. Uh, this. My friend. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. Okay. Christian singer. Um, <laughs> what is it? Uh, this guy targeted the. He wanted a job at Reddit, so he targeted the Reddit CEO with Facebook ads to get an interview. Oh, I heard about this. Yes. Maybe target HR first. <laughs> no, 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 because he wanted to. He wanted to convince the lead of the company that he was worth joining their quest for awesomeness or whatever. And he, he said, thinks that the CEO of Reddit is going to click on a Facebook ad. Well, it turns out that the Reddit CEO has a public Facebook profile, which is a mistake. Hmm. That In was the opinion. that's the whole thing. That's the whole Megillah. If he didn't have a public Facebook pro, pro uh, public Facebook profile, this wouldn't have worked. So he's the writer even says I, it turns out that the Reddit CEO had a public profile, so I could go in there and see details about him, like where he lived, what he was interested that's creepy. interested in, and he took that info to the Facebook platform to help narrow down his ad campaign. He didn't want everyone to click on it, just one person, so he custom tailored the ad to directly target the one person he wanted to read, and it was titled Steve: Colon, Reddit needs recommendations. 
The ad reached 197 people. Four people clicked on it. One of them was the CEO of Reddit. He spent a total of $10.62. Steve Hoffman, CEO of Reddit, saw my ad, clicked on it, read, probably skimmed my article, and liked it well enough to send me send a note to HR to contact me about a position. Mission accomplished. <laughs> But here's the here's what's even funnier. Update: I am out again looking for new opportunities. <laughs> so this time uh, I wrote a that blog. tech company churn. <laughs> and that's why there's no job security. So don't hope on anything. Just save a bunch of money and expect to get fired next week. Because I know that's what I'm doing. There might be jobs insecurity. Speaking of which, I'm going to have to delay the video stuff that we wanted to get into because of basically that. But that's another story. So, uh, I mean, we've got one non-tech story you want to end about uh and end on uh, about portland the place that i was just in undercover cops bust up a lego ring in portland a lego ring lego ring go on uh two weeks ago portland portland police arrested 40 year old rahi azar on suspicion of running a large lego fencing scheme that involved buying stolen lego sets and selling them online for profit during Azar's court arrangement on Friday, he faced two dozen felonies related to the scheme. This has got to be the funniest felony in the world. <laughs> he's, he's for selling Lego. Wow. According to a statement, Lego, this sounds though, so Portland. According to a statement by the Portland police, detectives on the case think Azar would solicit Lego thefts on sites like Craigslist and offer up from quote people who oftentimes suffered from addiction to opioids and other drugs. After the Lego sets had been stolen. What's this? Rick and uh, Morty? Yeah, uh, it seems that Motherboard... Why are you not listening to us do the show? It seems like Motherboard stole Rick and Morty's uh, look here. That's in, in, important enough to interrupt me while I'm reading the last story in the It's show? web design. I thought you'd appreciate it. But you're interrupting me. I got this. I'm spinning a whole web here. And you're not even focusing on it. I can fault. All right. Anyway, when, when police found this guy, they found enough Lego sets to line Azar's driveway. The value of the Lego was estimated to be about $50,000. I mean, like, one set is like $100 now. Yes. By investigators from Fred Meyer, the Portland Target that comes with the free side of barbecue. That's right. Come on down to Fred Meyer where you can get your Legos with a side of pulled pork and coleslaw. <laughs> Joe's barbecue and foot massage. <laughs> That's true. I can't make a better barbecue joke than Jones' barbecue foot massage. Anyway. All right. Well, I think that's uh, all the news that's fit to print. So, Christian, do you approve of this week's poll request? Looks good to me. Tyler, how about you? All right, definitely. And our wonderful all studio right, right, audience. Right. Yes. Beautiful. Well, then, let's all hit merge. Yeah. And we'll see you next week. Right here on Hull Request. Unless something happens because it's my birthday, we might not do a show, but I'm pretty sure that we will. We'll lose Eric on a rooftop at some hotel. Ha! No! No! I can't believe that happened. Right here on Hull Request. This has been a Pneumonium production. The views and opinions expressed on Pull Request do not necessarily reflect those of Pneumonium, LLC, or its subsidiaries. This week's theme music provided by Wolfpack. Visit them at V-U-L-F-P-E-C-K dot com.